Alright, hello, welcome to the Forbidden oh, FM, aka Forbidden Land Podcast. <laughs> it should work now. Nice. <sighs> okay, we're on. <laughs> Good hello, lord. Everybody. So, alright, I think it's just OBS needed a little restart. Mm-hmm. That's weird, it's using 90% of the GPU, so. Oh my god. <laughs> that has to be Discord doing that right. Well, I mean, I was going to say if it's done that on previous shows, but I don't know if you would uh, <laughs> if you would have known that because we weren't tracking it. So, yeah, no, it's, it's never done that before. I don't know what's going on. I guess just track, keep track of your GPU. <laughs> I guess so. Good I mean, lord. I mean, you know, on your own on that one, bro. <laughs> All right, well, the podcast has started. I have a list of stuff we could talk about. I can't see you if you're trying to be seen. Can you see me? There you go. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I do have a list of stuff we could talk about. Okay. So uh, first I want to know who's on your Nightmare Blunt rotation. We're going to fulfill the title. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot to think about that. Hang on, you really put me on the spot with that. Um, it's gotta be like, it's gotta be like a politician, right? At least one of them. Sure. Um. Oh God. It could be anyone. Yeah. Anybody. Dead or alive. There's so many, so many people I can't stand. Yeah, dead or alive. Probably. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of something that's not obvious. Do you think if if we gave Joe Biden a blunt, he'd magically become like more lucid? I think it would kill him. <laughs> I was I was gonna say Joe Biden, but it it might actually I don't know, maybe my cure is dementia or something. I think it would just so, straight up murder him if I'm being honest. Yeah. Probably uh probably Frank from Shameless. And uh, well, let's throw Netanyahu in there. I don't know. Well, let's throw. Um, I don't know. Point me a couple ways here. I've said too many politicians. Dude, he might. I think if you smoke it up with Benjamin Netanyahu, he might start speaking like Nazi propaganda to you. Yeah, he he might go into the how the Palestinians actually did the Holocaust. Yeah, they they just convinced. Jew loving Hitler <laughs> to kill us, you know. That'd probably be my nightmare rotation, though. Um, How big of a rotation? Huh? Can we just have a giant rotation with everybody on Earth? Yeah. Just be like this huge rotation. That would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't really be in, able to talk to anybody on that. Yeah, I What's mean, yours? Uh, I think Henry Kissinger for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Dick Cheney. All the big players in the Iraq War, in the Did, Vietnam War. Um, obviously, I was like really young. Didn't Dick Cheney like shoot somebody by accident or something? Yeah, he shot someone on a hunting trip at the end of the what? Bush administration. Did he kill that person, or did they live? I don't think he killed them. It was on an ac- it was on accident, but he shot him in the head. 
Oh my god. Yeah, you shot them in the face. By accident? I think it was by accident. That'd be so oh fucked my... if he did that on purpose. Yeah, that was that was kind of in the back of my memory. I, I, I knew, like, Dick Cheney, I think, shot somebody by accident or something, but... That's and I crazy. think he got away with it too. I don't. I don't think he. Uh, I can't. I think because he was on accident. They just sort of. Well, like, yeah, that's yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, he's also Dick Cheney. So. Doesn't he? Uh, doesn't he also have like a penis that medically destroys his heart or something like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> have you ever heard of that? If he does, I don't know about it. He has such a large hog that it would literally oh. give him like a heart attack if he got hard or something like that. Oh God! Hang on, Dick Cheney. <laughs> Dick Cheney penis. You googling it? Yeah, he has a huge <laughs> hog, dog. Look at the imprint. <laughs> the first, the first thing I found is r slash Red Scare Pod. The Dick Cheney bulge incident, two thousand one. Yeah. Oh God! I oh! Could, uh... <laughs> I'm sending you this in in. In the DMs, wait. Dude, bro's got a hog on him. Oh, God. Well, you might have actually already seen this then. Is it him talking to the guy in the white outfit? Yeah, and you can, like, see it, like, running down to his knees. I, I have it up <laughs> on the screen right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I can't see the screen. Yeah, it, it's fine. It, it's on the stream, though. Oh, oh, okay. I was gonna say you might have to keep that picture up a little longer. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. What else in the rotation? Do I want to say? Do I want to say any of my old coworkers? Not by name, obviously. Uh, I mean, yeah, just drop you... all their old coworkers that I hated. If it seems like it'd be a nightmare to smoke up with them, then probably. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> Can't think of anybody else though. I should have. Uh, I should have done more homework for this. I could have had an absolutely huge rotation for you. I mean, you could probably pick like former secretary. Like Hillary Clinton would probably be on my list too. We're smoking marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, she might be at least like. I don't know, slightly personable, I guess. Where, we, we need I'm... somebody... <laughs> we, we need some... Well, I was going to say maybe not, because we need somebody with absolutely, like, no social skills. Yeah. Who's somebody who... Like, well, obviously, you smoke, you know, smoking is about, like, chilling out, so who's somebody that can't chill out? Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here smoking yeah. this marijuana. Dude, that would be that would be a disaster. I think that that would probably lose her the election again, like single handedly. Even if she's not running. Yeah, would that would <laughs> that would be a that'd be a real Pokemon go to the polls moment. That's what I think about anytime I I make that joke is just thinking about the Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. That, that that was probably why she lost. That was like a that was like the Howard Dean moment. I yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I th- <laughs> yeah, I think that was, good. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, 
I think her posting cringe on the timeline is what lost her the election to some extent. That and the emails. I was was honestly too busy raging over Trump. I didn't even know all the the cringe that Hillary posted. I knew about that. I know about all the big stuff, but I know she was trying to be hip in like a bunch of other ways. I used to be super libbed up, being like, yo, Hillary... (laughs) <laughs> dude i remember when i didn't i remember when i didn't know anything about about kamala harris oh like, yeah dude, dude kamala harris bro do you remember the day that i great. told you she used to be a cop and you were like what <laughs> yeah well well it wasn't even that it was like well it was like that was the start of it, and then i started reading up about her tenure as um was it attorney general right yeah and all like the non-violent arrests, basically that she like presided over, you know. All the weed arrests. It's like you're in California too. You'd think they would chill out with that stuff, but I'm just chilling. That was probably back, that was probably back in in what the 80s, 90s, something like that. Early 2000s, probably. I was say, actually, I actually didn't know when she was the attorney general, but she was the uh, she was that during the. I think late 2000s, early two, uh, 2010s, because then she became the senator of California. And mm-hmm. then she was picked as the vice president. So I remember so, even in 2020, people were like, guys, we got to settle for Joe Biden because we're not going to get anybody else. We all hated Joe Biden back then. Like, if that's the level of enthusiasm you're like bringing into your first bid for election. It's like was that even his first bid? Because I thought he was trying to be president for a while. He he ran uh, in two thousand eight in the primary and lost to Barack Obama. Oh, that's why he was picked in the first place for the white moderate vote. Yeah, she was attorney general from two thousand four to two thousand ten, and she was the first woman district attorney of San Francisco. Oh, that's when she was the district attorney two thousand four to two thousand ten. Um. She was deputy district attorney from 1990 to 1998. When was she the attorney general? I'm really curious as to how she would run the presidency. I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, but uh, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I feel like she'd just be the most like milk toast, like boring Democrat president of all time. We would she just, probably you know, will be president. Imagine all the lows of Barack Obama's administration, and that's probably what she'll be. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I really, um, you know, I mean, she's probably going to be president, I think. If he dies. At least for a know. little bit. I was going to say, there's no way Joe Biden would have to be, what, 86, 87 by the time he leaves office? It, was he 81 now, I think? Yeah. Say yeah, that's five more years. He's the oldest uh, president, and the oldest person to ever run. I think to like make it to the. General. I was gonna say, which is funny because it directly that directly uh, was preceded by the last oldest president, <laughs> Donald right, Trump. So. Yeah, we just keep getting older. I'm trying to see why is it so hard to find out bad. info about her. About Kamala? Yeah. Okay, I want that I want, was really all I needed to know. I just wanted accurate info. She was the attorney general from 2011 to 2017, 
Then she was the senator from 2017 to 2021, and now she's the vice president. So I didn't know she was. Yeah, she was the senator who was replaced. She was replaced by Alex Padilla, um, who was chosen by Gavin Newsom. But uh, Gavin Newsom's all over the place. Yeah, he he's like, we took a, a referendum to build affordable housing, and then we let the HOAs tell us where that money goes. I just like that video of him tackling a little Chinese kid when he went to China. <laughs> yeah, I remember you seeing that video. Yeah. Oh, that was so embarrassing. When he was playing you know basketball and trampled a kid. Yeah, I wonder if you can look this up because um, it's new, and I don't remember all the details of it, but there was something, there's some new big scandal with him and, like, Panera Bread. Because... Uh, yeah, you might have to look up the. Well, tell you what, let me let me do it because I'm the one that brought it up. Um, it was something about. Oh, it's he about the minimum basically, wage. Yeah, yeah, he said um, that like everybody, every restaurant has to do twenty bucks an hour. But my buddy, I think it's like his buddy, like is one of the owners of Panera Bread, or is like really high up there, so he gave them an exemption for Panera Bread. Because it, was, it wasn't written specifically like that, but it was written like, you know, anyone gets an exemption if, like, bread is the only thing they sell, basically, yeah. and obviously that's basically Panera. Do you want to know exactly what they're saying? I have the article Yeah, here. what are they saying? It's on KTLA. Um, mm-hmm. It's, the law doesn't recognize places that operate, quote-unquote, a bakery that produces for sale on the establishment's premises bread. Um. Gavin Newsom says, quote, that's part of the sausage making of politics. What? Uh, let's see. Longtime donor who has two dozen Panera Bread locations in the Golden State. Oh, is a donor. Right? That's what you said? Yeah, uh, I guess it's. Um, multiple reports published on Wednesday revealed that Newsom's relationship with Greg Flynn, a billionaire and longtime donor who has do- two dozen Panera Bread locations in California, may have been the reason the exemption was included. Yeah, so he was like, you can go ahead and keep paying your people an unlivable wage. Yeah. Because you're yeah. my friend or something. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that, they, that came out like just yesterday. They just sell bread. I mean, haven't you seen their bread? They just sell bread. You know, they don't they don't sell soup or coffee or smoothies or any of that shit or mac and cheese or sandwiches. Just bread. I want to see him. I want to see him like aggressively defend that in, a, in an interview. I don't know where this Gavin Newsom impression comes from, by the way. <laughs> where I sound like a southern younger version of Trump. It's just bread, man. Or sound like Joe Biden. It wasn't bad, we'll take it. <laughs> to be clear, at no time did I ask for an exemption on special considerations. <laughs> <laughs> also, I never met Gavin Newsom about this bill, though I did meet with the, his staff in a group meeting. Oh, I didn't meet him. I just met his staff who drafts the fucking bill. What it are we trying to say? It makes me want to look up this other guy to see if he's got any <laughs> shady stuff going on. Because, you know, these, these people, they all, you know, they all talk. Let's see. Friends of the party in power get exemptions, and that's not right. Assemblyman Joe Patterson, Republican, 
said, if this is a bad law for one company, then it's probably a bad law for other companies. Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. And, and, and I'm sure that person is absolutely fine with Clarence Thomas, uh, you know, hearing Trump's cases and stuff. Yeah. This, this Republican sure. is basically saying if the law isn't good for Panera, we shouldn't have it at all. That's not why the the Panera is exempt. This Republican is saying that if it if it's bad for Panera, then it should be bad for other companies. Thus, she thus we shouldn't pass this law, even though the only thing about the bill is that Panera can afford it. It's just exempt because the dude is friends with the governor. We're not dumb. You know? Well, I was gonna say, and you know, these I mean, Republicans don't like paying people living wage, so you yeah. should love that. Republicans would go with slave labor if it was legal. Yeah. Like, let's be isn't real. There literally, isn't there literally, like, a child labor epidemic going on in the country or something? Yeah, all the reports of, like, Chick-fil-A like and places like that hiring 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds. Yeah. They're trying to make a law in Tennessee, I think, where it's, like, child labor is okay as long as the parents consent. Oh, God. Like, 13 or 14-year-olds can work without permits or some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Oh, oh, this is what it is. They can work adult hours. So, like, you know how 17-year-olds can't work, uh, like, past a certain point? Or else... oh, so they can do 40-hour work weeks? That's what I'm saying. And it's like, well, well they can't drive at night, so how are they going to get to and from work? Also, they're children, dog. They have other yeah. shit. It's, like, weird yeah. how we don't think about the whole, like... Why are we making children work in the first place? You should have to be 17 and up to work. And you should not be, as a 17-year-old, you should not be forced, maybe even 16-year-olds if you want. I can see the argument for that. Yeah. But you should not be forced to work more than a certain amount of hours. Around a certain yeah. range. Well, even then, because they don't want to give people, you know, that's cheap labor. They don't want to give people raises and stuff. So, yeah. You know, that's just a way of working around that. Because I That's understand, like, I'll have to look at that bill. To some extent, I understand making your sixteen or seventeen-year-old get a part-time job to like pay for a car or something like that. I understand that. Yeah, or yeah. just for like work experience. But then, yeah. like, when you're growing up, there's a pretty significant difference between like a thirteen-year-old and a fifteen-year-old or a sixteen-year-old. You know. I, I know I can be the exception because I didn't work in my teenage years. Like I worked over breaks and over summer, but I didn't work during the school year. So I don't relate to the uh, mm -hmm. working after school and stuff like that. But I do sympathize with the kids that do, you know, the kids that go to fucking clubs and then come home and have to uh -huh. immediately go back to work. And then they get home. Well, even then, I, I, well, even then, like I, I, I guess I technically worked when I was, 14 but that was you know that's not this paid vol i did like paid volunteer stuff for yeah. uh for a swim team i was one of the people that uh was like a backup timer for the races but that you know i got paid for that but that's like volunteer work you know that's not like working at a chick-fil-a and being around like <laughs> oil fryers and stuff my, like, my pleasure I think yeah. it's already i think it's already illegal for you to be in a kitchen before a certain age like I think if you work at a restaurant, you're oh, like yeah, sixteen. Yeah. Like um, at, at least um, I know it's some company. I, I don't know if it's by company or if it is like a a universal law, but at least some companies like McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fast food grill places. Like if you're under eighteen, you can't even work the grill. Yeah, you have to be a server. 
Yeah, yeah. Or you have to be like an order taker or something like that. But yeah, yeah. you can't even work the grill. Which is funny because you can work the, the you can work the fryers, but not the grill. <laughs> Arguably, way more dangerous than a grill. Yeah, I would say the fryers <laughs> are probably a little more volatile than the grill. But I don't even trust myself to use a fryer, but I trust myself to use a grill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I I wanted to ask you about this. This is in my notepad. Um, so the the blunt rotation thing came from Elizabeth Warren, by the way. Who's talking about having a nightmare blood rotation? Wait, what happened? <laughs> Elizabeth Warren said something about a nightmare blunt rotation or a dream blunt rotation. Yeah, she said the oh. rock times four is her dream blunt rotation. Can we just stop making politicians try to, like, you know, how do you do, fellow children? That's not Elizabeth Warren, but. Who did? Who asked her? I think Elon Musk set uh, politician hipness back like decades. John Favreau on Pod Save America asked her uh, who her dream blunt rotation would be. Wasn't she one of the people that was getting like harassed by uh, like the Palestine protesters or something? I don't know. How, I don't know. How, I forgot how good she is on that issue because I never really paid that much attention to Elizabeth Warren. I mean, if Bernie Sanders is suffering on that issue, I can't imagine she's too far behind. Oh yeah. But um, I just find it funny that she went on a podcast. Aren't these people like busy? Aren't they what? Aren't these people busy? It's like how Ted Cruz hosts a show on yeah. Rumble or some shit. <laughs> it's like, don't you have a job of running the country? What the fuck are you doing? How do y'all have all this I mean, free time? All, yeah, I mean, we all know they get paid way too much to do way too little. You know? Yeah, I think they get paid like 250000 a year, plus whatever their donors give them. So. I, I thought, um, I don't know if we already do this, but I thought maybe like, you know, get paid uh, like by district. Like, so if you have like a shit district. Oh, like the median income of a district? Yeah. Yeah, I was almost thinking stuff like that. So yeah, if if you let your if you let your district just fall apart and be shit, and you know you don't deserve to, you know, get paid two hundred thousand dollars plus donor. <laughs> That's no. actually kind of awesome. I didn't even think about that as a. Well, but then again, it's like the entire Midwest would like their Crumble. the earnings of the senators would just like collapse. <laughs> the entire Midwest. Yeah, running for a running for a major district like the Atlanta Fulton County district would be like the most lucrative thing on earth. Yeah, and yeah, I kind of thought about that, but then you kind of you almost kind of like disincentivize people from running uh, for smaller districts, I guess. Yeah, the, but I don't know. I think it'd be worth a try at least. One of the problems is that then it would incentivize uh, donors, but then you'd also have to outlaw lobbying, which is just bribery. Never gonna do that. You'd yeah. have to outlaw monetary lobbying. I don't mind lobbying in the sense that you go to the government and bother them until they do what you want. But yeah, that's like ideological lobbying, I guess. Yeah. But like monetary lobbying is so it should be legal. It's just yeah. bribery at that point. And yeah, it is just bribery, basically. And they all do favors for these people after they take their money, you know. <laughs> 
So what do you think about um, my list is so funny. Number three is Biden melting mentally. Which time? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think when the I think I wrote that when he went to that press conference and was like after they cleared him for the investigation for the documents, he decided to mm-hmm. hold a press conference and just like well, keep in mind they didn't even really clear him. Yeah. The ruling was basically, yeah, he did it, but he's too old, so we're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, he's old and pathetic looking, and no jury would convict him because <laughs> they feel bad for him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think, at least within the last couple of days, I don't think um, Biden has had any like huge moments. I did see a little bit of him on Seth Meyers, and he does this thing where... um. Like, he forgets the point of whatever he's saying, so it's just like, he's just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to get into that. And then he just, like, changes subject. It's like, well, that was the main point of whatever you were saying, right? Yeah. Can we, like, pump a like, five-hour energy into this man? He needs some whatever Trump was taking. The adrenochrome or whatever. Just <laughs> pump him full of that. He's only got five more years. <laughs> dude it's like it's crazy how i'll watch him in interviews and he just looks dead like, yeah you dude he'll be talking somebody will ask him a question right like they'll be like what do you think about the the border crisis and he'll be yeah. like well I've, I've asked my my national security advisor to speak with congress and and uh and, and we're drafting a super right-wing legislation about about um um we're we're conceding to Republicans in we're, every way possible. We're, we're trying to create a bipartisan deal with with Republicans, <laughs> and and we're gonna. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into uh, that. Uh, next question. <laughs> it's like holy <laughs> shit, dude! Somebody revive his ass. Dude, speaking of <laughs> Seth Meyers, I saw him. You know, obviously they got to the Israel Gaza situation. Yeah, and and Biden said. I think he said, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, like, without Israel, there's no, you know, there's not a Jew safe in the world. So first of all, the subtext of that is you can't even keep Jewish people in your own country safe because it's not Israel. Yeah. And even then, like, obviously, Israel's making Jews less safe worldwide because people are going to draw, you know, the conclusions that, you know, every Jew is like a crazy Zionist. Yeah. Especially because Israel is like, yeah, every Jew is a crazy Zionist. At least that's, you know, what they say. Well, I want you to think about it like this, right? Yeah. I want you to think about it in terms of, like, we can criticize Iran. And they're a theocracy, Muslim-majority country. But we can't criticize Israel, who is a Jewish ethnostate. Like, we're not criticizing it on the merits of the religion that it represents. And it doesn't even represent the religion. We don't criticize it on the the state of like whatever religion it claims it contains. Yeah. We criticize it on its policy. And so like if Iran, for instance, is like, we're going to nuke uh, half of Europe, you know, we'd all have an issue with that. But not because they're a Muslim yeah. country, but because they just said they nuke half, they of, Europe. Nuke half of Europe. Yeah. yeah. So when, when a country like Israel comes in and they're like, all right, we want to senselessly bomb an entire land region that we've held hostage basically for the last 70 years, um, all yeah. because they retaliated against the fact that we're holding them hostage. Now we're going to mm-hmm. kill 30,000 of their civilians more than we've ever killed before. 
Yeah. When, when you criticize you that, know you're basically, you know, that's the amount of Ukrainian soldiers that have died in almost like two years. Well, more than two years now, right? Yeah. They Israel like is only month. Israel drops more bombs in a month than we dropped on Iraq in like a year. Yeah. And so, insane. and so when we criticize Israel, it's not like, you know, we're going, Oh, these fucking Jews. Like, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that this right wing government who is politically aligned with the most powerful nation on earth, the United States, they are essentially spinning propaganda about this little landmass that they own because they've occupied yeah. it for 75 years. They control the ports, they control the border, they control what comes in, what goes out. You're you're not even allowed yeah. to legally fish in the Gaza Strip. They will arrest you and they will take your equipment if you try to fish. Oh, well, now they'll now they'll just shoot you. Yeah, now they'll just kill like you. If seen, if you want flour, the boats the, yeah. If you want flour, don't even think about it. And so yeah. um, you know, I hate this framing around criticizing Israel as like being a big no-no. Like it either makes you anti-Semitic or you're like, oh, but what about Hamas? It's like, yeah. Why can we not criticize? And so when I watch like the Seth Meyers thing, I hate how they phrase it. It's like the media is so scared of phrasing it the wrong way. It's like Seth Meyers because John Stewart doesn't do this on the Daily Show. By the way, I've been watching his episodes. His recent one is about Israel Palestine. He just I tells even it like it he is. Was a little soft. No, it, I mean to some extent, but overall. He's way more like oh, radically yeah. left wing than the rest of the I mean, talk shows. Yeah, he's he's light years ahead of other mainstream TV. But I even thought he kind of pulled a couple punches because he he won't say the G word. Yeah, you know the the G E N word. He just calls which, it the I mean, senseless. He just calls it the senseless bombing of civilians. He called it like incessant, but yeah, incessant bombing of yeah. civilians. And but in reality, it is a genocide. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I even thought he pulled a couple punches, but he you know, he's does. definitely way better than anybody else would be. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So so when he you know he criticizes Israel, but when Seth Meyers talks about it, he's like, let's talk about the conflict in the Gaza Strip. Let's talk about the war with Hamas. Let's talk about yeah, the IDF's yeah. war with Hamas. He never brings up. Let's talk about the. Uh, endless bombing campaign of just carpet bombing 30,000 civilians. They never want to phrase it yeah. like that because it sounds horrible. And then when you come to the realization as a liberal that your tax dollars that come out every check or every time you pay uh, taxes at the end of the year, that it's uh, going towards the missiles that we're firing <laughs> into the Gaza Strip. It makes you, you feel horrible. Yeah, we should just. If we all stop paying taxes at once. What are they going to do about it? Yeah, we should. <laughs> are they going to arrest a hundred million people for not paying taxes? I don't even know if we have a hundred million people. What I want to talk about, I didn't put it in my list, but it has to do with yeah. Gaza. Have you seen the uh, Michigan primary results? Oh yeah, it was like a hundred thousand uncommitted. They were expecting only like ten thousand. Yeah. And keep in mind, that's how much, um, isn't that how much um, Biden won that state? About, yeah. I mean, that's a major I know it number. I like that kind of margins. Like that could, fl- you know, that could flip the election. Dude, and I'm sure. Fuck them. And yeah. I'm sure that, I, I'm sure we're about to see like a huge damage control tour from his staffers. Remember when they were like trying to meet with the Muslim American leaders and they were like, we made some mistakes. 
<laughs> you know, I'm sure they're going to do more of that. We made a little um, boo-boo. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind, like, I've seen, like, focus groups and stuff. Plenty of these people, even if he does do a ceasefire now, they're still not going to vote for him. Oh, yeah. You know, because like, plenty lost. of people have lost family members. You know, they've lost, like, friends and stuff. And, you know, you don't, like, you don't forgive that. You know? So, yeah. like... Call me a pessimist, but I'm I'm tempted to say it's already over. You know, we got like, you know, almost a whole year left to go, but it's like, it's Jover, bro. <laughs> it is Jover. It's like it is Jover. And you know, people I've seen a lot of libs be like, "Oh, it's not a big deal," or then be like, "Oh, wow, why don't you participate in the voting process?" And it's like they did. They all went to the poll, and they voted uncommitted yeah. in a primary for the mm-hmm. Democrats, and that's. 100,000 people rallied over the last three or so weeks. That's and again, insane people, numbers. They were expecting 10,000. Yeah. And and it should be a wake-up call because, like you said, that could make or break the election. I mean, a Democrat has not won the presidency without winning Michigan in like 50 years. So yeah. if he loses Dearborn and all these uh, Muslim-majority or Arab-majority communities in Michigan— um, then he's screwed. And, and you already know Georgia's not going to vote for him again uh, like it did in 2020 oh. because I think Brian Kemp's election proves that. I think we have enough Texas transplants here now that I think the state is majority mm-hmm. right at this point. And, I mean, Texas is probably that like half and that. half. huh? I just said it definitely feels that way that Georgia is really red. Yeah. I People think- say it's like a battleground state, and I'm like, Really? It, it kind is of it? is, but I don't think we have enough Democrats here anymore to get a Biden vote. I mean, they voted Brian Kemp for a second term. I don't know if that just means Stacey Abrams is that unpopular or if it means that like they're done with was. the Democrats. Because, I mean, they reelected Raphael Warnock, who's a Democrat. Yeah. But I... I I feel like this recent midterm election is a scary insight into what the 2024 general election is going to look like. Because yeah. he, he needed George to win that. Yeah. I honestly got no idea because, um, you know, obviously you'd need Michigan. And I, and, and I saw um, an interview with the Dearborn mayor. He was like, ceasefire or lose. Yeah. You know, like basically... He had like an ultimatum. It's like, you know, if you don't do this, we're, you know, you're going to lose. So, but, um, probably going to be a big damage control tour. Um, and, uh, if you saw recently, this was, I think, just like hours ago, they were like, the U.S., uh, Biden is at least considering, I don't know if it was he's considering it or he will do it, but they're talking about doing, uh, aid drops in Gaza, like from, you know, from America. I've seen that. It's like they're going to do everything but a ceasefire, you know. I I think, you know, um, in terms of if I magically became president, you know, if if everybody voted for, if everyone on stream voted for me for president, I would do like, uh, pull the plug completely on Israel. You know, we fund their health care too. Yes. Like not just our military, like they get free health care basically. And we don't. So take away all that, like every, you know, 
all funding whatsoever because this is the stuff that we fought in World War II against, you know, I mean, literally, you know, fascism. Um, you know, this is what we've been fighting against for a while. I don't know if you can really do this because the cat's kind of out of the bag, but I say we need to denuclearize them because they have nukes, you know. Do I mean, you, and, you know, uh, do you remember at you know, the uh, beginning of the conflict when Israeli, uh, like war cabinet members were considering the idea of nuking they wanted to nuke Australia. Gaza. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, oh wait, that might dump a bunch of radioactive. It, I mean, and they didn't would... decide against it because they cared about Palestinians. They just don't want to irradiate their own settlements and stuff. Yeah, because it would have uh, the blast radius would have reached the communes that Hamas attacked on October seventh. So it's yeah. like they would have. Well, even then, Israel either way. Yeah, well, even then, if you want to re like, if you want to occupy and resettle the land, maybe don't like bathe it in, in nuclear and radiation. <laughs> like, exactly. You no, know, maybe don't do that. But I mean, I I don't, I don't know if they would even understand that. Um, yeah, like I, you know, we should take their nukes because you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm very pessimistic, but part of me is part of me is thinking that this is the end of Israel. You know, I mean, they're getting they're getting bombed from I think what three sides now. Yeah. Um, one of their uh, their former defense minister basically he didn't basically he admitted that the war with Lebanon at least right now is kind of lost. Um, like they you know drastically uh, you know underestimated Hezbollah, and you know their settlements are getting bombed and all that stuff, and you know. And then Joe Biden wants to come around on Seth Meyers as saying, you know, Israel's making Jewish people safe. You know, it's like, dude, they're getting bombed from like every angle right now. Israel is arguably and, uh, one of the most unsafe places for Jews on the planet. Yeah. And what happens when uh, what happens when they get I don't, I don't think well, Hamas will get like a complete victory. But what if it flips around and, you know, some of these other groups just completely just ravage israel you know and are just basically i mean uh yemen at least said that they're going to keep doing like yeah yemen and hamas have both said they're basically just going to keep doing october 7th over and over and over you know yeah well it's like how many how many people will die if they just get to just roll over israel and do whatever they want you know yeah i mean i watched the thing where a guy was like, I mean, good luck wiping out Hamas when you keep killing these children's parents in front of them, and then yeah, they how many Hamas members and... are you creating by doing that? Yeah, it's like, what it, what good excuse are you giving Palestinians to not join Hamas when they grow up? Like, you're yeah. killing their family in front of them like that. It's like you're gonna. I mean, we learned with ISIS, you know, yeah. our our invasion I mean, of Iraq created ISIS. Our invasion of yeah, Syria and... is part of the ISIS story. Yeah, and we um. You know, we already learned that lesson. And, um, you know, Hamas is basically just hardline, you know. I mean, yes, it's like a specific group. But I just think of it as hardline Palestinians who are trying to throw off, you know, the occupation. Like, you're never going to get rid of that. Um, it's almost like occupying people with military force just doesn't, doesn't work. work. You know, I don't know when we're going to realize that. Oh, we you won't, because it pays Lockheed, and it pays, you know, whoever the fuck else, Radi or Raytheon. Oh, yeah. and... Did you see that? I think it was that Lockheed guy. I'll have to send you this. He was doing some kind of 
you know, a big propaganda piece or whatever at a college campus. Um, yeah, the engineer. And the students were, the kids were not buying it, bro. Yeah. They were like, how many children have you killed? Yeah, or my, my ethics feel? when I get a Lockheed contract. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> how does it feel to work with genocide supporters and murderers? And he was just like, I'm not going to answer that. Oh, I just designed the bomb that blew up those 7,000 children. Yeah, it was so amazingly awkward. (laughs) I've always thought about that. Because I have engineering friends and I wonder if... Yeah. No, because you know how uh, conservatives always pull out the whole, oh, they're like blocking traffic, or oh, they're making us uncomfortable with their protests, and it's like... Okay, well, well, it's like your comfort doesn't matter at this point. Well, the whole point of a protest is to make you uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. then you change stuff and they stop protesting it's like uh, it's like how some buildings are like you can protest but only seven miles away <laughs> you know like, what's the point you know yeah you can protest but the moment you block traffic it's all hell it's it's all no holds barred we can just start firing bullets into the crowd well part well like i guess part of me does get like i don't know what if you're in a real like what if you're in a real rush to like get somewhere and I will agree that, like, the people who are getting blocked, you know, didn't necessarily do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of really kind of on the fence about, like, the traffic blocking. I still don't agree with, like, you know, like, shoving the people out of the way or plowing them over or whatever some people do. <laughs> but it's like, uh, while I'm not necessarily against it, you know, if you're a protester and you're going to do that, just be prepared for, you know, because you're, you're, you're kind of doing the lottery on the kind of person that you run into when you block them. Yeah. And, you know, all I would say is uh, hope you win the lottery on that one. But I've, I've never, but yeah, you, you are right. I've never really been uh, against it fully because it's like well, you need to make people uncomfortable and you need to like when the whole world's ignoring the stuff that's going on, like you need to make them see that, you know? Yeah. And at that point, it's basically just whatever you've got to do, you know? Yeah. So that's what I would say. Well, um, I think we're seeing a a major shift in, um, like, news media when it comes to this whole conflict. Because I don't know if you saw, but, like, CNN is now now platforming. Oh, yeah, CNN has back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CNN has started platforming like Mindy Hassan, the former MSNBC host that's like very outspoken and vocal about the genocide. Yeah, he, well, even he was then, on, uh, yeah, he was on Jake Tapper and then mm-hmm. some other program at a different hour. But mm-hmm. well, even know. then, um, they were showing the they were showing the dead babies in the hospitals and shit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like they uh, CNN, like they still haven't fully kind of leaned into it, but. I really think, like, not only is it just morally the right move to cover that, but, I mean, your ratings will probably go up. Because you're going to be, like, the only media outlet that is actually fully covering this, except for maybe, like, Al Jazeera. Yeah. Um, you know. Dude, Al Jazeera is, like, one of my top sources for this stuff. Yeah, I've been, I've been following them. Uh, they're, they're really on it. They got live updates and everything. Most of the people that I follow are just like independent um, creators, like the one we talked about. They're just like regular people that like live there and stuff. Yeah, dude, you can literally find like the worst shit imaginable on like Snap Map, 
Like it's not even, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I did a little experiment like the other week. And it's like you can literally just boot up Snap Map and just click on Gaza. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's like, how, how are we denying this at this point? Yeah. You know? Well, I, but, you know, I huh? think I think Zionism has kind of infested its way into like liberal circles and like the middle of the political spectrum in between the Overton window. I feel like yeah. that ideology has been so conflated with Judaism that I feel like liberals are afraid that they'll be called anti-Semitic if they're against Zionism, while conservatives don't give a shit either way. So it's yeah. like, I think that's one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of people have a hard time admitting that this is um, a genocide and speaking out against it. I think it's because they're afraid that, Oh, cause they don't understand what Zionism is. It's not being Jewish. It's yeah. being, um, you know, for a certain set of ideals that it, no matter what, yeah, no matter what you must carve out a country for an ethnic group, no matter how many people it takes to kill, no matter what yeah. what force it takes to create it, don't I mean, they want like half of Egypt? Yeah, have you and so like basically all of Lebanon? Like I remember Netanyahu in front of the UN with that big map. Yeah, I'll show. I'll show you. Good luck um, taking half of Egypt, dude. <laughs> like it. What it is is um, so recently a guy in the uh, Israeli government, and it's weird because they want to push Palestinians into the Sinai Peninsula. But, yeah, they want to do a tent city, basically. But it kind of conflicts with this greater Israel map that they drew up because what it is is... Uh, hold on, I'm trying to open up the picture itself and not the one on Reddit. No. <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I can open it up by itself. But here's the, um, the map. I'm going to show it here. So here's the map. This is the greater Israel map. It's parts of Oh my god. It's parts of the Middle East plus parts of Egypt, the Sinai Peninsula, which Israel used to actually have control over the Sinai Peninsula uh before mm -hmm. they gave it back to Egypt because they like Yeah, that invaded. was before uh what was that, the Yom Kippur War? Yeah. And so um they would still have control over the Golem Heights, they have control over all of Syria, parts of Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, Iraq, Saudi Arabia. All of that. It's like in Kuwait, and they're insane for thinking that's going to work. Yeah, this is like, you, this is worse you than basically like basically have to cause World War Three to do that, dude. It it's like almost worse than like British map drawing. You know, like I <laughs> yeah. saw a, I saw a joke where a guy said that uh um <laughs> he said that uh, Britain drawing a map for Israel is like tying a pencil to the back of an animal and just saying, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, they literally did that, right? Because it was like, the it used to be the British mandate yeah. of, of Palestine, yeah. Well, the British so they, drew up uh, almost all the maps for the Middle East, I feel like, right? Like, isn't that how that went down? I mean, it would have had to be. I, I know it traces all the way back to, like, the Ottomans. You know, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think, yeah, I think that was what happened. We basically, like, Africa, the Middle East, you know, we just kind of arbitrarily drew a bunch of lines. Yeah, they know. took, uh, they took, uh, Palestine from the Ottoman Empire and then immediately mm -hmm. declared it as theirs. And then soon came the Balfour Declaration and 
all this preparation to I think it was I don't think it was originally supposed to be uh, a Jewish state. I think they originally considered modern day Uganda for a Jewish state and yeah. then the Zionist Council was like, eh no. And then they were like, yeah, well, well, what I about Palestine? Say, yeah, at least like the colonization effort that goes back to like that goes back to World War One. Yeah. I mean, they've been wanting to do that forever. And obviously for them, this is like the final stretch. So that's, uh, I mean, I really feel like that's, like that's why they're so committed. And yeah, like, I mean, half of Saudi Arabia, like, I, I, I just don't know what the plan is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I sort of know what the plan is, and that's, you know, drag the U.S. into a giant war and make them foot the bill for it. But in terms of, like, actually getting the territory that you want, like, what, you know, I, I, can't even, I can't even say anything because I don't even know what the plan is. I'm trying to think of what the plan is of how you do this without causing World War III, but it's like you can't. Yeah. No, yeah, so. it's, it's uh, you know, it's one of these things where you look at the map for greater Israel and you think, how the fuck are they going to pull that off? How are you going to declare war against Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan? Yeah. How are you going to possibly do that? And then also Turkey, because there's a piece of Turkey on that map, too. Oh, I didn't even see that. It's like, good luck with Turkey, dude. You know how much the U.S. loves Turkey? We have we, one of the kind of wishy washy with them. So, but go ahead. The last Turkish election, it was Erdogan versus an American backed candidate. But even, yeah. even though Erdogan still won, Erdogan is still very uh, U.S. like, like pro United States. And so, yeah. both of them are sort of U.S. backed, but Erdogan is like the independent uh, candidate that mm. isn't directly tied to the U.S., but doesn't mind the U.S. Um, but the other candidate is like CIA supported. So he would like coup the country basically if he became the leader. um, Even then Erdogan is still like an authoritarian leader that is still not good for Turkey. But but the reason they choose him is because it keeps the problems within Turkey without any U.S. intervention. But the U.S. still likes Turkey. I was looking um, a while back. I was watching a video on like Turkish politics and how they basically like compartmentalize all their government issues it's like they like they like ukraine and russia they're sending them both like drones and stuff and it's <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't i don't get that but yeah but um yeah you mentioned earlier aren't they getting bombed by lebanon right now in the north yeah that's what i was saying they they basically drastically underestimated hezbollah and all their settlements in the north are getting bombed. Like I said, one of their, their former ministers said the, the north is lost. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how true that is. I mean, Israel, I mean, they're never, Israel's never going to run out of bombs so long as we keep funding them. So I don't know how true that really is. But, like, Israel, they're, they're still losing in Gaza. I mean, even to just Hamas. Yeah, which is um, weird because Hamas, like, barely shows itself. You know? Yeah, they... Yeah, they, they, they really don't have to because, I mean, you know, they, they go through the tunnels and, um, and you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of asymmetrical warfare. I mean, it's basically just a repeat of, of Iraq and Afghanistan from, like, the military perspective because, like, you can't drive these 
slow-moving tanks and stuff through, like, the middle of a city with a giant sight, you know, with, like, a million sight lines to where anybody with an RPG or, or you know, a gun or a, I don't know, a rock or whatever they have, you know, even if it is just people with rocks, if they're throwing rocks at you all the time from, you know, you know all different angles, it's like you can't win that. I saw, I saw a video of, uh, this, this happened, like, a few weeks ago, but uh, Israel, the IDF soldiers were getting ready to demolish a school um <laughs> so they were getting ready to do that and a rocket uh you know they're setting up the charges on all the pillars and a rocket comes in sets the charge off when it hits and the whole building comes down on all these idf soldiers it was like i think this i think it it's the record has been broken for the worst day for the idf since but when that happened that was the worst day for the idf and it's yeah. going to keep getting worse because um, yeah, it's the, like they're fighting a three front war basically it's like yeah. when when they're basically pinned against the sea you know like good luck with that what do you think the chances but, uh, are that israel loses the golan heights during the lebanon invasion um i don't know a whole lot about the golan heights um i know that it's a settlement and that it used to be you know belong to the palestinians that's kind of all i need so, to know so the Golan Heights is a region that used to belong to Syria, and it was sort of occupied by it was occupied by Israel after a war with Syria like a long time ago. But the international mm-hmm. community has never officially recognized it as Israel's, and Trump signed yeah. a declaration that uh, basically said that it belongs to Israel, despite what the UN says, even though it goes against international oh. law. That's not how that works. So it's still technically. Mm-hmm recognized as just a, an Israeli-occupied territory next to Syria. But I'm wondering, because yeah. it's right next to Lebanon, too, I'm wondering if Lebanon's going to try to take back the Golan Heights. I don't know how much you heard about when Trump was talking about the Golan Heights during his administration, but... Uh, I missed that. Honestly, um, honestly, I've only just come on to the whole Israel thing recently. I mean, yeah. I had I'd always been kind of skeptical of, of Israel, but... <laughs> You know, like you said, you had like your kind of wake up moment for America. Like this is kind of mine. And, you know, I wasn't always aware of like Israel just literally stealing land from everybody and trying, you know, causing a bunch of wars and stuff. I mean, I knew like as a principle of just like a state, you know, run by, you know, and belonging to Jewish people. I I was like, is that not an ethno state? Um, I'd kind of always had problems. That's a big region. I thought that was smaller. You know, it's it's uh, right above Jordan. It's this huge ass uh, ceasefire region. Oh yeah. But um. And even then, so they're they're kind of getting creamed by Lebanon. I don't think Lebanon would win in like an extended war. I think the longer this drags out, the worse it gets for them. Yeah. Um, because you know they don't have the the production capabilities. I mean, keep in mind, Lebanon is basically a failed state. Um, like their government basically can't even you know, provide for the country, but, um, yeah. And so there's, but there's Lebanon that they underestimated. They also underestimated the Houthis. Um, and I might've said this before, but keep in mind, like the Houthis have been getting smashed by the Saudis for like, what, 10 years since like 2015. And they've retained a lot of their capabilities. They just said that they were adding submarines. It's like, they're not, not only are there, are they, just not losing their their military capabilities, but they're gaining more. Yeah, like they're they're getting uh, planes. I think they're like old MIGs or something. 
but they're getting planes, and they're talking about submarines now, which is hilarious, which is like, that, that makes me think they're definitely going to go after those cables, right? Maybe. Because <laughs> there's no other reason that you would start adding submarines. Like, as soon as I read that, I'm like, they're going to cut those fucking cables, aren't they? You know? But, I don't know. They might. I think it'd be really funny if they did. It would and definitely shake things out. Half a, yeah, and just <laughs> kind of blacked out half a planet. I, I think, like, we have a bunch of other cables, so it would kind of be okay with us, I think. We would be fine. I mean, we it would, would still would tank s- the global economy. Well, it, it would definitely fuck up uh, the Middle East and Asia, uh, yeah. for sure, in the way that Europe and America communicates with them. America and Europe, it, you'd have to go to the Atlantic yeah. to cut our fiber lines. Yeah, I think um, that line that they were talking about cutting, does it, isn't that the Europe one that goes between the Middle East and Europe? I think so. And Africa. Yeah. I was going to say, that would be, be kind of hilarious if that happened. Here's what I think will happen but even if, um, I think if Lebanon commits to a full-scale war with Israel. And, you know, I, I hate oh, it when... Like I, I, I hate it when liberals say this because liberals are all like, why are you telling Joe Biden to call for a ceasefire? What is he have? What is he going to do? And it's like, if he just simply called Netanyahu Maybe and went... Maybe be the president and be the most powerful yeah. person in the world? If he called no. Netanyahu and went, we're cutting you off. You know, no more money. No more U.S. SPAC support. We're going to stop defending you in the U.N. We're going to start voting for ceasefire resolutions. Uh, and all that. You know, then, also allow a condemnation in through the UN and maybe stop like vetoing all this stuff. Yeah, and, you and know, if actually we went, allow them to be brought up on charges. And if we went, we're going to stop paying for your health care. We're going to stop sending you money for the Iron Dome. You know how much stuff we pay for over there? We basically run that whole country at this point. Yeah. Because we, pay, mean, we for pay for all their, their stuff. And so if mm-hmm. we cut off the Iron Dome funding, the health care system, the military aid, all that, I think that would pressure them into a ceasefire. But I feel like the other direction it could go, especially if Trump's in office and the genocide continues into a potential Trump administration, then yeah. I feel like what will happen is that we're going to have boots on the ground in Gaza at that point. Oh, we're yeah. going we're gonna to send uh, the Air Force over there. We're going to send the Navy over there. And if Lebanon escalates into a full-scale war then we're going to have yeah. boots on the ground for them from the U S to help them fight it. Cause you know, the IDF is way under trained to handle. I mean, the IDF is like a glorified police force. They're, they're hardly a military. Yeah. So, well, they're thugs basically pretty much. Um, I mean, and, 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 terrorists. and so, you know, it, I mean, we've seen what happens when an actual army uh, attacks them they lose in large numbers because they suck as an army. But if the U S yeah. comes in, and starts training them and starts fighting alongside them, then Lebanon, I don't think, has a chance. But I feel like the problem with that is that then prov- that then provokes Iran a little bit because now we have another U.S. involvement in the Middle East in addition to the, um, the involvement in Syria right now with bombing those Iranian-backed militant groups. So yeah, We already have boots on the ground in Yemen. Keep that in mind. Joe Biden said yeah. we didn't. It was like, oh, we're just bombing it. We got boots on the ground at Yemen right now. You know, one of the reasons why Aaron Bushnell lit himself on fire uh, at the Capitol the other day is because the Air Force was uh, allegedly about to get involved with directly bombing Gazans. So, yeah. you know, it, that's I, I feel like either it goes to full-scale war with the whole Middle East or all of it gets pulled back. 
by some president that has a sound mind to be like, I'm going to call the prime minister and be like, I'm going to veto every funding bill from here on out. If you don't cut it out, if you don't cut back, you know, I, um, here's where I stand on that because, you know, the pessimist in me just wants to be like, you know, there is no gun, you know, there's going to be no president with a sound mind, you know, no matter which way it goes. Well, Joe Biden. So it's like president. Yeah, and Donald Trump definitely won't because yeah. Trump, like you said, he won't he won't even do the little tut tut like finger wagging that Biden does. Yeah, you know, it'll just be a complete green light. Um, and I I don't know. Um, damn, I kind of lost my train of thought. Hang on, where was I going? I understand what you're saying. Where? Oh yeah, but it's it's like we're not. Yeah, we're not going to have a president with a sound mind. Um. So part of me wants to be like, okay, like a full-scale war in the Middle East is basically a certainty. We're going to get dragged back in there for another 20 years. Um, but then again, I mean, whenever this, these crazy like military things happen, it tends to be not as crazy as everyone thinks it's going to be. Like, remember when the, uh, remember the Pergosian beeline for Moscow? Everyone was like, this is the end of Russia, dude. Yeah. And... He just kind of killed him and everybody moved on. It's like part of me just wants to, I guess, hold my breath and hope that somebody steps in, you know, with a sane perspective and fixes this. But it's like you can't fix 70 years of occupation, uh, you know, just like that. Um, you know, you got to have a Palestinian state. And Israel's already said, like, they're absolutely not going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, so my most likely prediction would be a full-scale war in the Middle East. Um, but I actually didn't know about... Uh, I knew that that... Uh, what was that guy? Uh, Aaron, that, that soldier. The Aaron self-immolated. Bushnell. Yeah. Aaron Bushnell, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's already people in the military that are protesting that stuff. So it's like how much of the military is even going to be on board with doing that. I mean, I'm not predicting something crazy like the military, just like refusing to do anything on mass. You know, yeah. I don't think crazy stuff like that's going to happen. I wish it would happen. But if you told a U.S. soldier, you're going to go over into the Gaza strip and you're going to fire on children because there might be Hamas near them. Then. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, we did our fair share of war crimes and stuff in, in the middle East, but it's like, you know, asking people to do that. Um, well, even then, I don't even know because we killed what, like half a million innocent Iraqis. Yeah, it's like Gaza is like a Gaza is like a like a tea party compared to that. You know, granted that was over like a very long time span. You know, but uh, I don't know. But I'm not very hopeful. Whatever happens. Unless uh, Biden and Trump both die, and then some insane candidate magically come, you know, swoops in and wins the race, and you know, stops all this stuff. I think the only way that uh... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the only way that uh, anyone calls for a ceasefire is if Biden dies right now. Do what? I think the only way a ceasefire is called is if Biden dies right now. Do you think? Do we think Kamala would do one? 
Maybe. Biden's a lot well, even older, then, and he's a lot more... Um, well, one, he's older, and he's a lot more, like, you know, mentally. Yeah. But also, Biden has a history of being a bloodthirsty imperialist. I mean, you know, let's think back to how he felt about Lebanon, how he was like, we should just go in and start fucking blowing up Lebanon, like, 40 years ago. I mean, the dude, like, yeah. his foreign policy... Is, does not have a good track record. Like, him going out of Afghanistan was probably the only good thing he did, and it wasn't even his decision. It was something that Trump had already planned on doing before he, he just left never office. Did it. Yeah. yeah. If we had gotten a second term, he would have had to honor that agreement and leave Afghanistan anyways. I mean, every Republican yeah. president has done this uh, since 9-11. I mean, Bush and Trump both set up evacuation plans for the wars in the Middle East in the chance that they lost the next election and the Democrat would have to follow through on that. And of course it was going to go horribly when Obama left Iraq. That was a plan that Bush had set up in 2007 that Obama had to follow through on when he took office, when Trump, you know, made plans to leave Afghanistan in 2019, Biden had to follow through on that in 2021. It's like, we all knew those were going to be horrific exits, and oh, I because stop we the war, I guess. <laughs> oh, Jack, I gotta leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of all knew. I, I remember. I remember people were like, um, you know, obviously the Republicans were having like a field day with the withdrawal. Yeah, from Afghanistan. It's like I, I don't know how to feel about all the the military equipment that we just left there like i I don't know how to feel about that but then again i'm also sure i'm also sure that you can't blame biden personally for that or i don't know maybe you can't um but it's like it was gonna suck no matter what like we knew the taliban was gonna take control right back from us you know but um no we didn't know that it's all because of biden it's all his fault (laughs) Yeah, like people uh, had a field day with that. It's like, okay, <laughs> then you come up with a plan for it. Yeah. You know? Uh, damn, I ran out of stuff on my list. Time to start improvising. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like a lot of our political discussions all tie back to the Middle East, and it's like we haven't even started on the domestic stuff. You say, what else is going on? We got um the fake border crisis. Like, you're in Texas. Like, how many immigrants yeah. you see coming in, huh? <laughs> well, like at least um at least with like my area uh around Dallas, um like our community there are a lot of um Spanish speaking immigrants. What's funny is, is this particular area there's actually very few people who speak English. Yeah. Um but then you know, even then in those areas where uh you know there are a lot of migrants, it's like okay, well, I'm now in an area where I'm the minority um, in terms of, like, language, you know, maybe not in terms of, like, demogra- you know, demographics, but it's, like, that should be up to me, you know, to kind of, you know, learn how to deal with it and, you know, learn Spanish and stuff like that. I'm not like, oh, they're invading our country, you know. Um, yeah. And then again, um, I had something... I don't know if this would work, but I talked about this a few days ago. Um, you know, I, I don't know how this would work, but I, I almost thought, like, maybe if we want to really solve immigration, maybe we should invest in, like, the dozens of countries that we've destroyed in Central and South America over the last century. Because, you know, 
the people are fleeing there because their countries are falling apart. You know, so maybe if we help their countries not fall apart, you know, and you know, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I feel like that might actually work. Well, you know, it's funny. And keep is in that mind the countries that mm-hmm. are falling apart are falling apart because of us. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and I also brought I also brought this up. Keep in mind that basically since the fifties, we've been arming, funding, and training uh, cartels. Yeah. To you know, destabilize governments down there whenever they try and do left wing politics or any you know, anything like that or communism or whatever. Um, it's like okay, you cannot like communism, but that doesn't mean just you know ripping the country apart on a on a whim. You know. Do you ever think we don't install? Uh, you ever think we don't coup Canada because they're all white? Oh no, we'll never coup Canada because <laughs> they're yes. like they're like the closest thing to a socialist country. In the Western Hemisphere. Well, that's the thing is nobody like even the crazy Republicans. I mean, yeah, they don't like Justin Trudeau, but I never hear them really criticizing Canada. Yeah. So it's like, is it literally just a demographic issue? Like, is it just is it just brown people and white people? I would say it is. I would say it is. Yeah. Look at how look at how the Ukrainian invasion is essentially the most similar example or the most similar equivalent to the Israeli invasion of Gaza, like Russia invading Ukraine and committing war crimes. That is almost textbook similar to Israel invading Gaza and committing war crimes. And yet every white liberal and their mother put a Ukrainian flag in their bio, in their name, (laughs) still have it. Two years later, they still talk about Ukraine and none of them yeah. care about and we even it's not like a, I'm, we're just bringing this up now all the way back then when the invasion happened it was six months after um mm-hmm. a lot of the news from the west bank was coming out about idf soldiers killing palestinians it was like yeah. six or like five or six months after that happened and everyone was up in arms about the ukrainian invasion and we all said that while it is good that people are supporting ukraine during this they're only doing it because they're white. Because we didn't see any of these people speak up when the Palestinians were being abused in the West oh, Bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember us saying that. And two years later, you know, two years later, here we are. And it's the same thing. All these white liberals with U- Ukrainian flags in their bios are some of the most fascist, racist people I've ever seen when it oh, comes yeah. to defending Palestinians. They just mm-hmm. will not do it. It's kind of insane. Yeah. Well, people will call people will uh, you know call people who criticize Israel like anti-Semitic and stuff. I just thought about this. Keep in mind, like Arabs are also Semites too. Like yeah, but I, I've seen that it. argument too. But I, I feel like you know the common usage of the word anti-Semitic is commonly used in terms of being racist towards Jews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's uh maybe it's a little bit of a semantic issue, but yeah. this is always something you like to point out. Yeah, because I've heard that argument recently, and I've always been like, yeah, but whenever you say anti-Semitic, you never think about the other Semitic religions. Yeah, yeah, groups. yeah, yeah. That's true. Maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just seen it be like a semantic argument, and I've always been like, yeah, no, I get it, but. We have better arguments to use in that in that debate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might be right on that one. But um, God, I feel like I had other political stuff. Let's talk about something fun. 
Yeah. Uh. <laughs> God, I don't even know. This is the this is one of the issues I run into with the podcast when it's just me. Is I don't know. Do you have anything fun in mind? I didn't write anything Let's fun think, in the what's, doc. What's fun? What are good fun things happening in the world right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sheesh. Oh, I have something depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? So, um, speaking about the immigration thing. Yeah. Um, God, what was it? Oh, oh, oh. So, speaking of immigration, I'm sure you've seen where that woman on the UGA campus was murdered. And they arrested a Venezuelan national who... Mm-hmm. Who is here illegally, and immediately Brian Kemp comes out and posts that stupid shit about this is why we need to close the border, and uh, you know, a Venezuelan national made it all the way here, and he just senselessly murdered, even though the dude is only arrested. I don't think they've even put him on trial yet or anything. At least at the time that he made that statement, and I'm like, one, I want to see the motive that they have. I want to see the reason why he did it. All of that, because they have not really, they have not given us any of that info. All they've given is that they arrested a suspect. I'm not saying he didn't do it, but the speed at which they arrested him and the fact that they still have not given a motive. And the fact that he's an illegal immigrant, I mean, they'll arrest, you know, illegal immigrants for anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm only slightly skeptical and it, and it's horrible that she was murdered and I'm not saying it wasn't, but I think immediately coming to the conclusion, this is why we need to shove every illegal immigrant out of the country. It's like, we actually have a perfect example of what happens when you do that. And it's Florida when Ron DeSantis was like every, uh, elite, like undocumented, uh, immigrant here is going to get shipped out of the country if we catch you look at how many grocery Man. stores how many farms all these industries that just immediately died in florida oh yeah <laughs> well what's funny is that like you know you can you can you can say stuff about these individual cases with illegal uh immigrants but like migrant crime is actually lower nationally than natural born citizen crime because think about it you know on the macro scale if you're if you're an illegal immigrant and you commit a crime, you know, your ass is, is getting deported. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do? You know, you fly under the radar. You, I was going to say be a good citizen, but I guess it technically wouldn't be that. You know, be a, a good law-abiding person. Don't get yourself into any trouble. You know, if you get hurt, call an Uber and not <laughs> 911, you know? Yeah. Like, that's well, a huge incentive to fly under the radar. So it's like, you know, nationally, a lot of immigrants, you know, don't really commit crimes. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, people saying, will find this one incident and they'll be like, we need to kick them all out, <laughs> you know? Well, as a uh, uh, woman, you're far more likely to be murdered by a male in your household. And yeah, I was you're say far that's more likely, you're far more likely to be killed by a white person than you are any other group. Yet, when uh-huh. a white person kills someone, we don't all go, oh, white people, ah! We don't do that. Yeah. But when a black person kills somebody, we go, 
oh, we need to reevaluate the the fatherlessness in these homes or the drug epidemic or the to, blah blah blah. Oh, we need we to, should reinstitute slavery. <laughs> we need Jim Crow back. Oh, <laughs> or you know, when a Hispanic person, whether they're here illegally or not, they kill somebody or they commit a crime. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, we need to figure out the border crisis, and it's like you are you are far more likely to be a victim of a crime that's perpetrated by a white person than any other group. Yet we don't throw up the, Oh, the white people. We don't do that when that happens, nor should we, we shouldn't be doing that about any group. You know, it's, these are just people. It has far more to do with their socioeconomic conditions than it does. What like ethnic group they're a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, keep in mind, crime is usually caused by like poverty uh, you know, low incomes, you know, people got to steal. I don't know about like murder. And I mean, yeah, there are genuine people who are messed up and will kill somebody. Yeah. You know, but yeah, cause a lot of I that mean, crime a- committed by impoverished people, a lot of the crime stuff is theft. It's property crimes, you know, Yeah. or drug crimes. Yeah. I was going to say a lot of it isn't even violent crime. Yeah. But you know, we just throw them all in jail. <laughs> Without uh, with with a high bond, and then we keep them in a cell for six months, and then they finally go and make a plea deal. It's like, isn't it like ninety percent of the cases in this country are solved by plea agreements? Like they don't even go on trial. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, when you're staring down the barrel of like, I don't know, five years, ten years, fifteen years. Yeah, it's like you're you're gonna take a plea, you know. Yeah. So I've never been charged with a violent crime, so you know I can't be sure, but I imagine I would I imagine I would take whatever deal I can get. So, what else we got? I'm trying to find uh, something on Twitter that I think would be fun and goofy to lighten the mood, because we never talk about no. anything fun. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fun's happening. Yeah. Oh God. Let's see if I can find something. What are you looking for? Something just fun. Something cool. I don't know. Tell a story. A story? Yeah, have you figured out your nightmare blunt rotation yet? Um, <laughs> let me say. Well, I can't say any political people because I already did that. Um... You know, I should have done my homework on that. You know, let me keep thinking. <laughs> who is, who's like, we need somebody incredibly like socially inept. I thought about Joe Rogan. But he'd be fun. He'll probably just start, he'll, he'll probably just start spewing like misinformation about how we never landed on the moon or something. Well, even I don't know, it even depends on what you call a nightmare rotation, because I don't know, like, some of these people would be so amazingly awful that it'd almost kind of be enjoyable. And, you know, like yeah. hearing Joe Rogan yeah. talk about lizard people or something, <laughs> that, 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 would, that would kind of be amazing. I, almost co- I, I would almost say Elon Musk, because hopefully he would say something that would be like a giant PR disaster. Yeah. And I, I would just want to witness that in person. Remember when he said, like, he said, like, go fuck yourself to all his advertisers? 
Yeah. On, on national TV. And, and, like, and now they've all the, pulled out. Yeah, and the dude and the <laughs> dude doing the uh, the interview was like visibly shocked. He was like, I don't know what to do about that, but it's going to be hilarious when Bob Iger buys X for like $2 million or something. <laughs> after, it's, after it's lost like all its value. That would be kind of funny. That would be oh my hilarious. god. Here, let's yeah. talk about uh interesting the CDC says now you only have to isolate yourself for 5 days if you have covid. Isn't there a new covid variant? I think so. Like another new one? Like a lighter version, I think. Covid light. Covid light. <laughs> covid omega. I honestly haven't even been keeping up with uh like covid spread rates. I I would say I imagine it's slowed down. But you know, a lot of people are a lot of people are traveling and stuff. You know in Texas when that that solar eclipse is going to happen, I'm almost tempted to think that that might cause a lot of covid and stuff to spread around because like traffic's going to get messed up. I think they said that like the local area's population is going to like double. So like, I don't you know, good luck Good luck containing the spread of diseases, and it's going to be a bunch of people like crowded around watching the eclipse and stuff. Yeah, but I remember back when COVID was the worst, where it was like basically a nine eleven every day. Yeah, I hope you, it's not. I remember anywhere. we used to say that every two days it'd be a new nine eleven. Yeah, let me look at COVID nineteen. Uh, I guess. Cases U.S. Uh, the U.S. is going to be doing uh, airdrop to Gaza. They are doing it. They're going to airdrop food and supplies into Gaza, according to Joe Biden, two hours ago. Yeah, while we bomb them. Yeah. Hey, we keep paying for the bombs and bullets, Jack, but we're going to give you a sandwich. (laughs) This is interesting. I didn't even know. uh, Apparently, at least as of the past week. Only about 7% of people who get tested for COVID are actually positive. Weird. Well, I guess, you know, you feel kind of sick and you don't want to be worried about it, so you just go get tested. Yeah. But even then, like, I remember when there was a big issue with, like, how reliable are the tests, actually, because there were, like, false positives and false negatives kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so COVID is going down. Um. Oh wow! Trend in hospital admissions, it's down ten uh, percent from almost seven million. Well, well, that's like total at this point. That's insane. Here, real quick, can I have you talk to the people while I go pee? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Who's on? Uh, I don't know, but just just speak your truth, dude. Speak your truth. Talk about Alicia. Talk about something you're uh, interested in. Something hmm. specific to you. What am I interested in? I gotta think about something. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, um, I got a cool knickknack. Hang on, I'll show people that.
I'm looking for my cool knickknack, everyone. Can't find the knickknack, guys. But I'm not telling any one of you what it is. That'll remain a mystery. Let's keep looking at these COVID numbers. Hang on. Where was that at? I can't believe it was 6 million. Let's see. I wish Discord, I don't know if Discord can do this, but I wish I could share my screen uh, so you guys could see what I'm looking at. But I barely know how to use Discord anyway, so I don't even know if you can do that. You might be able to do that. I was just seeing um, on whether or not there's a way that like I can share my screen on Discord because you know I barely know how to use it. Yeah. But um, if you, I'm still looking at these, huh? If you share your screen, I'll cut to it. Well, I didn't really have anything particular I wanted to show. Just thinking about it. Just looking at these. I'm still looking at these COVID numbers. I'm trying to see like which state is the worst. Oh, these aren't like fatalities and stuff. Okay, this is just like test positivity. I think I'm starting to feel the the caffeine come down. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have a coffee? Yeah, I had a caramel latte yeah. with Irish cream cold foam on it. Got it from Starbucks. No, I didn't get it from Starbucks. But um, boy, hot. <laughs> but um, I think because uh, I was like, "Damn, I have a lot of energy. What's going on?" And then I realized it's because I'm popped up on caffeine. Mm -hmm. But um, maybe I need a coffee. I like woke up from my nap as soon as you uh, uh, as soon as the stream was gonna start. So I was like half dead. I was like, maybe I should start drinking coffee. I just don't like the taste of coffee. Uh, it depends on what you put in it. I I hate plain coffee, like black coffee. But um, yeah, but I I I usually can flavor it in a way that makes it taste pretty good. I've just kind of given up because even when it's like a half and half of like, I'll just completely vomit in creamer. It's like if there's any coffee taste in there, I won't. It's yeah. funny because I used to work at a Starbucks and I didn't drink coffee. Well, uh, Keurig coffee tastes like ass now that I've had actual espresso coffee. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know some people go crazy with coffee. They know all the different like versions and uh, where the beans came from and all that stuff. Yeah, not to sound like a snob, but like actual espresso coffee, It. Yeah. it's good. Like, even because whenever I get it, I get it with like just a couple pumps of like syrup and some like almond milk in it. That's it. No creamer. None of that. Just mm -hmm. two pumps of syrup, some almond milk, and like maybe some cold foam on the top. It's perfect. Because the espresso mm -hmm. itself tastes good. But like Keurig mm -hmm. coffee tastes burnt. It, Keurig coffee tastes like if you roasted it over a fire and burnt the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then tried to drink it. 
which is su- which sucks because I bought a Keurig. That's the thing that sucks. Mm-hmm. I bought a Keurig. It's right there. <laughs> like I, I here. Let me see yeah. if I can. Uh, what did I just do? I thought I cut to my webcam. Here, it's it's literally that white thing right here, next to the purple sheet. Oh. Yeah, it's my Keurig. I paid like a hundred fifty dollars for that thing, and it fucking sucks. I have to like drown my coffee in creamer. Oh, it doesn't matter what you like. What kind of coffee you put in it? No, because it all tastes like burnt trash. It's so bad. The only thing I use it for now is uh, because even the little hot chocolate K cups suck. But like, if I if I make tea, I don't put a K cup in it. I just let the hot water go into the cup because I have a tea bag in it. Um, or if I want, uh, I have these chai latte K cups. Those are really good. Um, surprisingly, those are good. Those are good for like a sore throat if you're sick. Put a little bit. A little bit of honey in it, and get the. Chai oh, tea it, in it. Uh, that reminds me. At Starbucks, um, we had uh, we had this drink. It was like a. It was like mixed with tea and lemonade. It was called the the honey citrus mint tea or the medicine ball. Yeah, uh, it's also I've known heard by. Of it. Yeah, well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to like help you when you're sick. And I was kind of a little skeptical because I'm like, it's just like lemonade and i mean i know people say tea has like properties to it you know make you feel better but i'm like it's just starbucks and sure enough i looked it up and it's like it has absolutely like no medicinal value and it's like the urge for me to tell that to customers was like unreal (laughs) like you were like i'm trying to lose my job today dog yeah (laughs) i was just like holding back because people would ask me that directly like yeah. Is this, is this going to make me feel better? I'm feeling sick. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the number one thing to feel better when you have a sore throat is um, honey and one of those like cold PMTs and maybe even throat coat because those will open up your throat and make it feel better. Now, I was drinking it thinking, oh, it'll make me feel better. And nothing was happening. And I was like, what's going on this time? Why isn't it working? It's because I had strep. <laughs> and that shit yeah. does not go away with tea alone. I had to get like antibiotics and stuff. But I honestly cannot remember the... Wait. I was saying something. I got distracted by a news headline. <laughs> After White's only party of Russia's... And Ukrainians told to leave Sri Lanka? Okay. That's crazy. But anyway, T. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently Sri Lanka had some kind of like whites only political party and they got told to fuck off. I guess wow. that's good. There's something positive. <laughs> we told the we told the Nazis to go fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, we we <laughs> Doesn't Germany do, do that well. like on a yearly basis? Some Nazi-adjacent yeah. party tries to form, and then Germany's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I'll give them that. I mean, they're definitely tougher on that stuff than we are. Well, yeah, because they don't have First Amendment freedoms like we do. Yeah, I was going to say, Here it's maybe, illegal. Yeah, might run into some issues there. But I had an idea for something different we could do that does involve stuff that I'm doing. Um... I don't know if it's 
too late to do it now because we're already like an hour in. But um, so well, so I told you how I'm working on this, uh, like the sci-fi universe. Yeah. For uh, like a story that I eventually want to tell, and I was really thinking we could just have like, uh, like sessions where we just kind of spitball and like, you know, get creative and uh, I guess just come up with stuff for that because I've had all these. Uh, I've had all these iterations of uh, something that I'll try and make. I have this one. I've been trying to. F- you see this hair? I've been trying to fix this the whole stream. It keeps coming out. And <laughs> That's but, what makes us the the perfect curly haired people. We all oh, have yeah. that one hair. Like all of this, I have to like shove into the headphone, or else it'll just be in my face the entire uh-huh. time. Like here, let me show you. If I don't fix this, it'll oh, yeah. literally just start slowly coming down like this. I was gonna say, dude, mine's like twice as long as yours. It's like way worse for me. I have to have it up like all the time. I think you got a ghost in your room or something. Somebody just closed the door. No, it's um the windows open and it's really stormy here, so it pushes the air pressure out and shuts the door. <laughs> Wait, your window Wait. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Wait a minute, Dane. <laughs> I see that sunlight coming from your window. Yo, I'm trying to investigate some shit. <laughs> yeah, investigate what? I'm doing what you just did, where you're like looking deep into my camera. Oh, that, that, door, <laughs> that door just that just closed back there. What's going on with that? See that sunlight coming out of your window? Yo, I see it's what you're storming. On. <laughs> no it's it's uh it's pretty stormy outside right now and the wind is blowing pretty hard. oh is it actually yeah we're in the middle of uh the jet stream right now so really? yeah so right now it's like that's why illinois just had a bunch of tornadoes like three nights ago because the jet stream right now is going like this right right up on uh, illinois so it's causing a bunch of tornadoes and we're in the uh the downward part of it well, isn't Tornado Alley literally, like, moving? Tornado Alley is uh, all of the Midwest, and then we're Dixie Alley. So, well, I saw, some re- I saw some reports on it of, well, I guess if we're Dixie Alley, I guess you could, I guess that might be its own thing, but people are talking about Tornado Alley, like, sliding south. It's like all the tornadoes are going down here, I guess. I don't know what's going on. Well, Dixie Alley has a consistent all-year-round tornado season. Um, that gets worse during this time of the year, while uh, Tornado mm-hmm. Alley only has major tornadoes in the first half of the year, and not really many in the second half. Uh, but they mm-hmm. just have more devastating ones. We have more consistent like EF threes and twos with occasional fours, but they're all mm-hmm. year round. Tornado Alley has like fours and fives far more often, but only during certain parts of the year. Do we know what EF rating was the one that hit our hometown? EF4. Yeah, without saying the name of it, it was an EF4. Damn. Yeah. Which our insurance company tried to be like, oh, it's just a little gust of wind. We don't have to fix your roof. Remember everybody else in our neighborhood getting their roof fixed at the same time by their home insurance? Yeah. Yeah, you remember how we had a tarp on our roof for like a year? Because our insurance was like, no, no, it's just a little gust of wind. It's like, then why is everybody else around here getting their roof replaced? Insurance companies when they have to cover things for yeah. 
me when I pay the insurance company to do their job and then they don't do their job and then I question why I'm paying them in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Minimum capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we were really lucky. Like that could have flattened the whole neighborhood, basically. It almost. I think did. it was because it touched down. In, I, yeah, I was thinking because it touched down in the trees, so that I guess kind of broke it up a little bit. So here's what it did: it it hit the downtown area. Then it kept going and ripped through a lot of that area, and then it jumped the interstate and like grew in size while it was doing that. I remember. Okay. And then it That's came towards us. I remember. Yeah. And it got more powerful, and then once it ripped through us in the next few neighborhoods, it weakened enough where when it hit, eh, I can say it when it hit that city and the city next to it, then um, yeah, then it ended up being way weaker, so it didn't devastate as much. I remember because I was always confused when people said it jumped the highway because people were saying there was two. So I I guess when that happened, people thought it was like a second tornado or something because I was always like, where was the other one? Yeah. Also, when I go back in the in the edit for this, I'm going to have to censor that. <laughs> where I said oh, the, the name city of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. I, I do that too much. Yeah. Um, I have to remember, like, oh, I'm on a stream. I don't want to uh, out know, on I, my personal information. I fuck it up sometimes, but usually only when I'm recording. So this is my first uh, live fuck up. Can you, can you pull up the the clip of uh, my name is Walter Hardwell White. I live on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me when I, me as soon as I go live, my name is Walter Hardwell White. <laughs> I live it. <laughs> I gotta I gotta memorize that. For the bit, <laughs> that little. Hi, my name is uh, my name is blah blah blink, and uh, I live at fifteen hundred uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> that show was really good. Have you actually ever seen Breaking Bad? Bits and pieces. Meme, memes aside, it's actually really good. I committed the sin of uh, starting it with my friend. And then he was like, uh, all right, we're going to come back tomorrow and and watch the uh, next episode. And then I come back and I'm on like a different season. <laughs> Don't ever watch a TV show with me. Because if I like it, I'm gone. I've done that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, the only full episode of Breaking Bad I've ever watched is the Fly episode. When the Fly gets into the, the meth lab that uh, Gus yeah. gives them. You remember that? Sorry, I got distracted. What? Do you remember the episode of Breaking Bad where the whole episode is centered around the fact that a fly got into the lab and they spend the whole episode oh. trying to kill it? I should probably rewatch that show because there was a lot that I don't remember. It's the I only remember episode like I've seen in full. Like, did you like it? Yeah, I did. But I, I already know what happens in the show. I, I already know all the major... Uh, plot points and everything yeah it's kind of so ubiquitous it's like how do you avoid i've watched clips i just watch the Mm -hmm. clips it's the gen z way of watching an old show you just watch a bunch of broken up clips and you piece it together (laughs) and then you watch clips and then you look at the comments yeah yeah Yeah. this is the moment when walter white became walter white like that meme (laughs) (laughs) dude i've noticed with like kind of TikTok and uh, like shorts 
it's like the resist, like the the the, uh, the urge to put like Sigma edit music over everything. <laughs> it's like it's really getting on my nerves, bro. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like all I do, all I want to do is watch a movie clip or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, when while we were talking about Texas, did you hear about this wildfire? No. I think it's still going on. It's um the second the second largest wildfire in Texas history. Damaged more than 900,000, oh well, over 1 million acres now. And it's only 5% contained. Oh my god. Where is it? Um, let me see. Uh, the name of the fire is called the, S- the Smokehouse Creek Fire. I don't know if that's named after where it started. Oh my God, it's spreading into Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, wow. That's bad. I want to see if I can find pictures of this. Hang on. It's on the Texas Panhandle. Like exclusively. It's funny because I don't even, I don't even know what part of Texas that is. It's the top. You know how Texas looks like this? Yeah. It's on this part. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. Yeah. I see it. I'm going to have to... Hang on. Let me see if I can find some pictures. Well, it's funny because when I was on my way here, I saw a bunch of... It looked like a bunch of like burnt land. Was and we did drive range? down... No, but we did see a lot of smoke. But it's so, like, I don't know what was going on. See, I don't think I saw that wildfire, though, because we came in from the north, so we might have. So usually if you see burnt land like that, it's a controlled uh, forest fire where they, they burn all the bush. I thought that, too. Because we, uh, we recently went on a hike, and all, a lot of the trail on the right side of the national forest we were in, or in the state park that we were in, um, mm-hmm. a lot of it was uh, control burned. So it smelled like smoke, and the ground was black. But. Yeah, well, I, I thought I thought that too, maybe because it was around like some hunting grounds that we drove through. Yeah. So. Beep. Long day out here. Beep, beep. Glad we didn't have any assholes on motorcycles coming. In. Glad I really like fans because I usually keep my fans so loud in my room that I can't hear any of it anyway. Yeah. Checks out. Here you go. I'll, I'll pull it up on the screen for you. That's from today. That's at 6 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. The, the dark orange is the the area of effect? Is, this, is that the fire or is that just the risk assessment? This is the uh, risk assessment. Mm. But uh, this is from uh, 5.48 in the morning central time. So I'm sure it's gotten worse. Are those blocks uh, counties or? I think it's just the coordinates. Just the. Or is it? Because these blocks are bigger. I don't know. I know out in the south and the Midwest, everything just turns into blocks. Yeah, because they kind of give up after the colony thing. They gave gave (laughs) up on their district and everything. Yeah. It's like Georgia looks all messed up, and then you look at Texas, and it's like two blocks with a weird, funky thing on the end of it. Yeah, like if I lived in one, if if I lived in, uh, 
I don't know. Is it Colorado like block shaped? Colorado, I believe, is quite literally just a square. It's like I wouldn't even be if I lived there. I wouldn't even be able to find it on a map. Yeah. Wyoming is a perfect rectangle. Really? Yeah. You notice how all the states out west are like bigger? Yeah. Because they were all territories, so they were like, oh, fuck it, just make it a state. But there's like no one living there. Oh, yeah, that didn't even hit me. Yeah. It's just there's like nobody there. Yeah. I, I think it's it's got to be just because it's not near the coast, right? I guess. I mean, well, with, with, I mean, with the colonies and the original 13 states, they look all weird because they were already drawn up as colonies. Yeah. So there wasn't well, much of an option. Well, I'm just, yeah, well, I'm thinking about like, like the industry and stuff. Like, like when we drove through Alabama and it's like, there's so much industry there. Yeah. It's like, how is this like the poorest state? I think it is the poorest state, right? Or is that Mississippi or, or Louisiana? I, I don't remember which one. I believe Mississippi is the poorest state. Yeah, it looked like a ton of like steel and mining. Yeah. I don't know, they stay yeah. broke. Probably that IFV ruling. <laughs> the IVF. Probably the massive brain drain because Republicans are like turning into a <laughs> shithole. Like everyone with a brain is leaving. Uh, that's actually a problem though like I'm not kidding like like there's literally like a brain drain problem and in Florida some states like that it's like they don't know what to do because all the smart people are leaving I wonder where they're going though trying to look and see if there's any updates but of course the National Weather Service is five years behind on any current information well, let me see if I can find a map. Uh, smokehouse Creek Fire Map. Texas Division of Emergency Management. Let's see if they got anything. Oh, I see it. Three hours ago from the Texas A&M Forest Service, potential for wildfire activity will increase again to the Plains region. Yeah, and they yeah. said it's literally only 5% contained. Jesus. That's climate change for you. Yeah. It's also inefficiency of uh, government agencies for you. Yeah. Let's not give any money to these guys, and then we have them fight one of the deadliest forest fires we've had in uh, state history. And uh, in we fact, gotta keep funding ice, Dane. Yeah. In fact, it's actually the largest wildfire in state history. So. Oh yeah, for a while it was Dude, just a second. I was. Gonna you say, made it there just in time. <laughs> yeah. Woo! I made it to the biggest <laughs> wildfire. I should go there. This. Uh... You know, for the for the bed, I guess. Do you want to see a picture from the twenty eighth? Sure. Of uh, some of the damage from just Thursday, or Wednesday. Sure. Wow. Looks yeah, like I know it rolled through like entire neighborhoods. Yeah. That's insane. Can we talk about like American infrastructure? Like and how garbage it is. I came, I came halfway around. Well, for me, I'm just like that too. But I'm just thinking of like the city planning element. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like just everything just being like restaurants and and stuff like this. Like I'm halfway across the country, but I still feel like I never went anywhere. 
Yeah. Like, there's still a fucking CVS on the corner next to the Waffle House. Like, <laughs> you know, everything's... I, I used to be a huge interstate nerd where I studied how the interstate, like, how it's numbered, how it worked, how it was built. And um, if, you're mm-hmm. wonder, if you're wondering how it's numbered, it's numbered in a very specific way. Where really? if it's running this way, it'll be an even number. If it's running this way, it'll be an odd number. And it goes uh, bottom to top. It goes uh, like ten to ninety or something like that. Bottom to top, and it goes uh, it goes like five to ninety-five left to right. And um, let me know what you let me know what you think about this. Um, when I'm when we're talking about like the planning of America and stuff, I'm, I'm tempted to think that America's planned so poorly just because, you know, when you look at like Europe, you know, they had like thousands of years to kind of evolve and plan, yeah. like organically. And you know, obviously with America, they just came in and kicked everybody out. It was a rush job. You know, people already lived there. Do what? It was like a rush job. Yeah. So yeah. that. That's almost kind of what I was thinking about why it's so like terribly planned. So, but I don't. One of the things is that, like, so for instance, uh, interstate highways; those were created when Jite D. Eisenhower was president. So that's less than a hundred years ago. And so, yeah. what had to happen was that the reason why they look so weird and not just like straight lines is because people are living in those areas. So. A lot of eminent domain, a lot of um, stuff like that, where, like, for instance, this was during the Jim Crow era, so there was a lot of racism involved. There's entire neighborhoods in, like, New York and in the South and in other places where, oh, you're a black neighborhood? We're just going to bulldoze straight through your neighborhood to build this interstate. And so um, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of, like, you know, with eminent domain, you have to convince all these people that the government needs this land will pay you equivalent to what it would cost to sell your land um mm-hmm. if you if you give it to us to build these federal projects and so that's why you'll see like um like you'll see a neighborhood with this one guy in the middle of it with all this land with his house on it but he's surrounded by a suburban neighborhood it's cuz he refused to give up his land and you'll see highways that had to like build bridges over people and had to build around them. Well, with black communities, a lot of the time they would just rip straight through them. And um, well, so, maybe I understand. Maybe I misunderstood him in the domain because I thought you couldn't refuse. I believe you can legally challenge it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe you can challenge yeah, the validity was- of the government's necessity for that land. So. Like, uh, the eminent domain we use to uh, tear out Hartsfield-Jackson Airport. Like, to make room yeah. for that. Um, you know, we used eminent domain for that. And so I believe you can legally challenge the validity of the government's need for that area. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time you'll lose those cases because it's the government ruling in favor of itself. It's like, let's be real. Yeah, um, good it, luck. Yeah. It's like we need this big ass airport. It's like, well, you can't really argue against that because the government is going to want the airport no matter what. Either they build it around you 
yeah, either they build mm-hmm. it around you or they build it over you. It's like it's not going to matter. And plus, usually it's usually it doesn't make any sense to refuse it either, because um, the financial incentive outweighs a lot of the time yeah. the land incentive for you to keep that property. You usually make a lot more money just giving them the land than you will staying there. Well, I was going to say, and I guess this depends. I guess this depends on if you're black or white, but I was going to say, do they actually pay you the amount of, like, that your land is worth? Most of the time. I know you're yeah. talking about, I know, if you're, you were talking about if, uh, if they're a black neighborhood in the 40s or something, they'll just steamroll right through it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'll, well, eminent domain is used so sparingly that, like, it's only really used for road projects, for, airports stadiums big big shit nothing like like if they want like a a city hall building they're just gonna buy a building nearby and convert it to a government building they're not gonna go yeah they're not gonna go through the trouble of spending a a a quarter of a billion dollars on uprooting this entire community because they want to build like a tax building it's just not worth it so they, they use eminent domain very sparingly but like in terms of the interstate system in terms of the um in terms of like airports and other projects that may be somewhat privately owned but are for public consumption they'll they'll use them in a domain but um that's why america looks so fucked because it's like stuff was already here we have a lot more uh terrain diversity than europe has europe is very flat in a lot of areas uh america is very mountainous hilly the native communities that already lived here when we got here. Um, it, it's a whole lot of stuff. Like colonies look the way they did based on the way that their charters were written up. Alabama and Mississippi look the way they do because of the way that uh, the land treaty was signed with the signed with the Native Americans where they gave up these regions and Georgia was one massive like super colony and then the federal law split it into three separate states. And so that's why Mississippi and Alabama look the way that they do. Um, I was wondering about that because I was like, it all kind of looks like pieces of the same shape. Yeah. Here, let me. Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering about that. Let me see if I can look it up. Yeah. Um, Super Alabama. Yeah, Super Alabama. Uh, wonder if i type that incorrectly to look this up i'm just getting a bunch of on a bunch of football stuff um <laughs> if you look at old, really old maps you'll see what uh, see that georgia was alabama and mississippi at one point i think what it was was it was split up by the uh louisiana like you know the appalachian line of like mm-hmm. the colonists can't go farther than this line oh yeah they can't go yeah yeah so i remember that in ninth grade history class so here can you still see my yeah you can so here's pretty much the the carolina charger charter is what this looked like oh yeah the states Wait. used to be way bigger but why i don't get I'll have to. I guess I just don't know enough about the charter itself, like the so conditions around it. It's a lot of charters with governors that were from the British Empire that owned these colonies that would sign these charters with sign under a lot of coercion. These charters with or under false pretenses, 
with uh, these mm-hmm. native communities and they would get all this land. And then when England made its whole, you can't go past the Appalachian mountains uh, charter that it did. Um, then it essentially became this because the Appalachian mountains passed through here on this line. So when you couldn't go any farther West, then it broke all these States apart. And then later when we became a country, it, it, you know, we would kind of create the borders for these places. It, it's all around like old lines drawn by the British empire and the native community. People who've never even been there. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's a lot of the reason why America looks so fucked, especially on the Eastern part of the country. Once you go farther out West, a lot of those areas were kind of colonized and turned into territories in a lot more of an even way where you can tell what was won from Mexico and what wasn't. Uh, because oh, yeah. like, like, like I said before, Wyoming is just a box while Texas is like this weird hand looking thing that looks like this pretty much. And I was like, gonna say, they used to own basically all of Texas. And- yeah, and like Oklahoma oh, looks the way it does because of slavery, where it has that little like weird handle and it looks like a pot. the The handle part is because of slavery. Wait, what's the deal with that? So Oklahoma has a panhandle because of the way that I I it's hard for me to recall all this information without a source in front of me, but um, slavery law. I'm looking it up. Oh, you it's, keep saying. The thirty six thirty line uh pretty much determined that there had to be a part of Oklahoma that was slave free. It was a free state pretty much. Mm. Um called No Man's Land. And so no one could legally own land in that strip of Oklahoma. <laughs> right. And it's it's all from uh like the Kansas Nebraska Act and the Missouri Compromise. It's all carved out because of that. Um, well, that makes me wonder if the Texas panhandle was a similar thing. I think it's just because of the way that Mexico owned the land and then it got divvied up amongst people when we took it over. Mm. But yeah, that's why Europe looks uh, the way it does versus the way America looks, where America's like very not planned out and very like half-assed. It's, I was it's... going to say, like, um, like with Europe... Um the roads are strictly like transits, but they're almost kind of like railways and that they're just like these transit links between larger cities and stuff. And like when we pave a road, we just slap down every, you know, any building along the the road and parking lots and everything that, uh, you know, just anything, anything we can fit. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah, like I said, it's like I'm halfway I'm halfway across the country, and I feel like I'm in the same place. You know, it's like it's like even when we were even when we were driving through the south, it kind yeah. of all just blends together. Dude, the south looks like shit. I mean, there are definitely more interesting areas, like I, like basically the entirety of Louisiana that we drove through. It was just like a boring, flat nightmare. Yeah, but uh, so. I brought up interstates mm-hmm. because Texas has a very unique so so the way that interstates were built is that the federal government had a certain amount of money for the interstates and they would divvy it amongst the states based on what they needed to build these yeah. interstate systems but they were so they're federally funded state controlled 
interstate roads. And if they went beyond their budget per state, then they that's why like toll roads would exist or your taxes would go towards uh expanding it and stuff like that. The roads, yeah. yeah. So um Texas has a system where I'm sure you might have seen it by now, where if you're on the interstate and you get off on an exit, there's these weird roads that are like parallel with it that all kind of connect to each exit. Like if you're yeah. in like if you're in like the industrial like strode area of Texas where there's like restaurants everywhere. That's the word yeah. Where there's like roads where there's roads uh parallel to the interstate that act as like exit access roads. It's this really bizarre thing that makes Texas unique yeah. from the rest of the interstate system. I saw a couple of places like that and I was wondering what was up with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Texas specific thing. It you won't really see that anywhere else. Yeah. Well I'm, I I can't even be sure that it's like when you pay that when you pay the toll road is like is the money even going um to the right place yeah have you noticed how in a lot of southern states especially across i-20 that when you exit georgia it becomes a two a two lane road i i don't think i consciously noticed that but. so a lot of the interstates across the bible belt were uh Let's just say that the funding didn't necessarily reach the interstate program a lot of the time. So the bare minimum to qualify as a federal interstate is you have to be a two-lane on each side road with a high speed limit and exits. So the reason why when you're in Georgia on I-20, a lot of the interstate is are like three or four lanes because it's very well funded to some extent. Mm-hmm. And also the interstate is built in blocks. That's why you'll hear like the... As you're driving. Yeah, yeah. But when you get to Alabama, it's just a paved concrete road like any other road. And mm-hmm. it's two lanes wide. Some parts are three lanes when you're heading towards Birmingham. But a lot of it is just two lanes. It's because it's like the bare minimum for an interstate you could build. And it's paved well, even, like a normal road. <laughs> yeah. And and even then, like, um, that's embarrassing but I was thinking about, you know, when you were talking about, like, divvying it up based on what each state needs. Um, it's like it kind of makes sense that, like, the interstates in, I don't know, like, Florida or Georgia, you know, would be a lot, you know, more up to snuff than Alabama. Yeah. Um, but then again, when you get over to, like, Louisiana, it's like a two-lane road's all you need. Just nobody lives there. So, yeah. but at least, at least don't pay with, like, a normal road, I guess. But yeah, so that's why uh <laughs> that's why uh interstates are the way that they are. Little little history lesson from this moron over here that is like at autistic levels of obsessed with interstate highway with, systems. With roads and with and roads. roads. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember it, that What? Hmm? Well, I remember I saw um I don't remember what YouTube channel it was, but that's really... I saw this video about Strodes. Yeah, I think um, I know who you're talking about. Well, if you're about into that, that stuff, I wonder if, you've, I wonder if you've seen the video that I've seen. I'll have, to, I'll have to find it. I'll send it to you. But that really kind of opened my eyes to just what we could have instead of, you know, what we do. 
in terms of infrastructure. Is the guy hosting it a guy in like an orange high vis jacket, just walking on the sidewalk talking about it? Well, I didn't. Um, it was just one of those like video essay type things, oh. so I didn't like see the guy who was commentating. But uh, I'll, a... I'll find that. Tell you what, let me just look right now. There's a guy that goes out onto the roads themselves with like a high fizz jacket on and talks about it on the actual road. But mm. the channel um, that I'm looking at is um, <laughs> called Not Just Bikes. Mm. It's a pretty big video. I got seven million views. But I mean, the th- the thumbnail just tells you everything you know. Like everywhere, it's just bunch of signs with corporate logos on them. Yeah, and I've seen this guy. Eventually it all just kind of blends a, He makes videos about one more lane and like all that uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, no, I, I've watched him before. It's where I learned about the uh, Strode stuff and how like oh, yeah, he's still, how like intersections he's still work. Well, he has a couple of videos of like the best planned areas. <laughs> doesn't say what it is. Yeah, here, Strodes are ugly, expensive, and dangerous, and they're everywhere. That's the video that I watched yeah. about Strodes. It's his most popular one. I'm wondering, uh, like, I assume just because they're just not efficient, but I wonder what about it makes it, like, expensive. Which Strodes? You know. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I imagine it's just because they're not efficient and you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're not exactly saving money planning stuff like that but I'm, I'm wondering what about it's actually expensive to maintain city planning and it's made with bad material so it ends up causing like pot like potholes and stuff like that all the time and people oh. people drive on it a lot uh you also have to install traffic lights every like 15 feet Th- that's the other thing is like traffic circles are far more safe and less expensive so the upkeep is like keeping up with traffic lights because they break mm-hmm. a lot um, so maintenance on those, maintenance on the pressure plates that go into each intersection to tell the light when to turn green, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, it's just a really expensive endeavor for not a very good payout. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing about the interstates I was going to say, here's how deep I am into it. You know how there's interstates like uh, like 285, the Atlanta bypass interstate that goes around it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also something called 185, which is on the southern part of I-85, which leads you to, like, Pine Mountain and all those places, like Great Wolf Lodge and LaGrange. Um, so the number, when it's a three-digit highway, the first number tells you whether or not it loops back on itself, and the second number is what interstate it's branching off of. So 285 branches off of 85 and eventually meets back up with 85 at some point. So that's what okay. the two, that's what the two is for. One eighty five branches off of I eighty five and just ends. It never comes back. That's what the one mm-hmm. is for. It doesn't loop back to itself at all. But the eighty five in both of those numbers is because it branches off of I eighty five. That's so, really interesting. That's why I, it's I figured like they. That. Yeah, I figured they had some kind of naming convention yeah. for it because obviously. You know, plenty of cities have like you know streets and avenues yeah. and stuff. So I, I really thought it was just—I mean, yeah—I never really thought about it, but I really just thought it was like consecutive of like you know which which ones they built first. I'm gonna say they they built 285. <laughs> so then that brings up why isn't there a 275? Because 
the bypass also connects to I-75. Well, yeah. in Florida, 275 splits off of I-75, I- goes through Tampa, goes through St. Petersburg, all those places, then loops back to I-75 farther down the peninsula. That's why that's why there's a 275 in Florida and a 285 in Georgia. So, like that one loops it just it's basically like a bypass that loops through the islands off the coast and then back into itself. It's where the Sunshine oh. Skyway bridge passes, all that stuff. Hmm. See how that's deep into it I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with it though. I like talk that'll actually probably help me navigate when I'm driving better, if anything. It it kinda does. Like uh like I twenty goes uh west to east, east to west, you know, it's horizontal, so it passes through yeah. the city and everything. Um but it, it kinda helps you like understand like I ten goes along the panhandle of Florida and through the top part. Um like Tallahassee and Panama City Beach and all that. It kinda helps yeah. you understand what's like where is what you know like 85 goes all the way up the east and ends in virginia i think or pennsylvania and then i-95 starts in pennsylvania and goes up yeah and anything that can help me make sense of the nightmare that is american roads yeah yeah i'll take any of that so then i-85 goes south into montgomery i believe and then turns into i-65 Mm-hmm. So that, that's how much I know about all this, because <laughs> it's like nice yeah. to know when you're going somewhere where what leads. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get into that more. I this re- dude is still calling me. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I don't remember why I I looked all this stuff up. By the way, like I don't remember what started just, this. I'm just always looking up random shit. But this dude is still calling me. I told you at the beginning of my like virus protection guy he was from mcafee i don't know what happened uh i remember this was in the headlines months ago what happened with the mcafee guy being like found dead in a prison in spain or something uh did you hear about that so that guy has so much lore he really he lived on a compound he lived on a compound in south america he allegedly was committing a lot of horrific crimes but that's not like a that's not like a major part of his story, but it's definitely one of the sore points of it. Um, yeah, he kept saying, "If you see where I've committed suicide, I didn't." Like basically, after Epstein died, he kept saying that. What? And then eventually, oh, it was like he was trafficking, like human trafficking, uh, or like kind of like a a slave situation. He had like embedded oh. himself into this local community. Um, he was nuts, by the way. Uh, yeah, he, he was found dead, but like it was, it was after he had basically said, "If it looks like I committed suicide, I didn't." Like an Epstein That's situation. Insane. I knew there was a lot of lore to that. Um, yeah, he's nuts. Yeah, but it was kind of scary because when that guy was working on my, when he was trying to diagnose what was wrong with my computer, um. I mean, granted, we had to go through, like, um, you know, to give him permission and stuff, but he was basically, like, using my computer remotely. Oh, team viewer and stuff like that? Yeah, something. it was called something like that. It was kind of terrifying. He basically just, like, hijacked my computer. You gotta um, uninstall that. Oh, yeah, I did. I Actually, now that I'm talking about it and slightly paranoid about it, I should probably uh, 
make sure that I did. <laughs> I'm like, because he told me to uninstall it after. So I, I'm sure I was like, yeah. But now that I think about it, you, even just the thought of having a program on my computer to where somebody could just hijack it. He said it's a guy from an antivirus software. Hold on, I can't hear you anymore. Hold on, let me see if... Are you speaking? Oh, shit. I think you deactivated your mic. (laughs) Check and see if your mic is still the internal one. Or maybe leave the call and rejoin it. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. You there? How about now? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, I opened my task manager. I th- bet that was it. Maybe. As I, I hit Control-Alt-Delete. I don't know why I did that, but I was going to open my task manager to see if I could uh, Here, uh, find that. Turn turn your webcam back on, and I'll I'll help you uh, uninstall it if you need to check. Well, I think I I think I know. Don't you just go to Control Panel, and it should be there. Yeah, Control Panel it Programs and Features. Yeah, if it's not there, then it should be fine. Yeah, you, I just made myself paranoid about it. <laughs> um, programs and features. Oh. Yeah, here, let me look. Okay. Uninstall program. Yeah, okay, yeah we should be good. Yeah, I, I should uh, probably get rid of... Huh? Say what? Well, I was just saying I should probably get rid of Overwolf and RSI launcher. So I have all... I have all these, like, launchers from games that I never played. I wonder if I can still refund... Uh, Star Citizen through the RSI launcher. How long has it been since you bought it? Oh god, like a year. I bought it to play with one of my old friends. Um, and I played it for like five seconds. And I was like, this isn't really a game. Like, you walk around and do stuff, but I don't know, it just felt like really unpolished. And it also barely ran on my laptop. I don't know what I was thinking. Felt that. I wish I could get a refund on Need for Speed because that game was broken the moment I installed it. Uh, what was wrong with it? It like it stuck me in some weird thing where I could only see behind me, uh-huh. and I couldn't do anything on there other than just drive while facing the wrong direction. And uh, everyone on the subreddit was like, "Just uninstall the game and reinstall it." And I was like, "That game was like seventy fucking gigabytes." Hell no, I'm <laughs> not gonna reinstall it. So uh, I just deleted it off my computer, but I only played it for like 30 minutes, but I had already owned it for like five months at that point. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I was outside the return window. Yeah, I know. Um, at least with Steam, um, I think, what is it, like a two hour limit or something? Something like that. That like, doesn't feel generous like, enough. Well, like if you own Steam. it for... Uh, if you own it for longer than a certain amount of time, that also applies. Mm. So, I think I've already owned it for too long. Yeah, I probably have too. I forgot that I just had it. Forgot that I just had it sitting on my computer. <laughs> I'm trying That's to look probably up the... why. 
What? Do what? I was just saying that's probably why my computer's having problems because I have a bunch of shit sitting on it that I need to get rid of. Yeah. Clear some of this stuff. See if the weather channel's talking about Texas. Doesn't look like it. They're not talking about it? Doesn't look like it. Here, can you see this? They're just talking about New York. It's an ad for dishwashing soap. I was going to see, I just see an ad for dishwashing soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like they're talking you on, about uh, it right you, now. you on YouTube? No, I'm on a, a, a news website. Oh. I just get everything off YouTube so that I don't have to pay for more than one subscription. Dude, YouTube uh, Premium is outrageously expensive. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've just been sucking it up because I. Uh, it's like I got I got the taste of not being bombarded by ads every five seconds, and it's like I, I just I just couldn't uh, I couldn't give it up, man. Here, let me look into this because it's uh. They increase the price, and then I guess for me it would be nine ninety nine a month because I'm grandfathered in. But the new membership is thirteen ninety nine a month. I was gonna say mine. I I remember when I got billed, mine was thirteen ninety nine. Well, I had a I had YouTube Premium back in two thousand eighteen, so I'm grandfathered into the old system. But I was I was talking about it on a on an old not an old episode but an episode from a while back about how the benefits are dog shit for the price cuz here I'll, yeah. I'll I'll pull it up for you to see it's like so it's $14 a month all you get is ad free okay yeah not bad ad free download videos uh-huh. offline which is pretty much useless to anyone with an unlimited data plan Background yeah. play, which you already get background play, by the way, on like every phone, including iPhone. The only benefit uh-huh. to that is being able to shut your screen off, which if you're listening to a podcast, you just go listen to it on another app at that point. Yeah, well, even with the download videos, it's like literally the only the only time when I can think when that would be useful is like if you're on a plane and you can't use the Wi-Fi or something. I guess, yeah. But how often are you on a plane? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, it would literally only be useful then. So then, you get ad-free YouTube music, which I would argue at this point, most people already have a music app. And I've always said that if your account, if you get YouTube music, you practically have to use a new account because my account is so old, some of my music that's on YouTube music are like old videos I liked when I was 15 years old. (laughs) It's like, that's how far back it goes. Um, but yeah. So, well, so you said like the I, I never really got it for like the other benefits. I just didn't want ads. But like you were saying, they were shit. So like, what what should we be expecting in terms of like benefits? So back when YouTube uh, Premium, formerly YouTube Red, was uh like ten dollars a month, you got ad free the background play, which wasn't really a thing on iPhones at the time. You still got YouTube Music because YouTube Music did exist at the time. And uh, you also got YouTube Red Originals, 
shows that they would make with the money from YouTube Red and Premium. Oh, yeah. And they don't have that anymore. All those YouTube originals are free to watch, whether you have a YouTube membership or not. Damn. So, because I used to, the reason why I used to have YouTube Premium is because of the, the downloads, because I didn't have unlimited data, and because mm-hmm. of Vsauce Minefield, which was a YouTube Red original. So, that's why, Minefield? yeah, it was like a show that Vsauce made. So, mm. that's why I had YouTube Red and Premium, because I got, like, paywalled shows. But they don't do that anymore. Now the price is four dollars more for way less yeah what what they should do is you get the same thing that twitch prime has where you get one free twitch prime subscription or you know youtube membership subscription you get one free for that i don't know throw in some perks or something like an animated profile picture or some crap like discord has i just feel like they could do so much more with it well they, they could that was kind of my could, argument back then. They could theoretically try to make it more competitive. I don't think they get that, like, you know, doing, giving you more benefits for less, like, legitimately makes it more competitive. That and maybe, uh, maybe throw in, like, one or two YouTube TV channels of your choosing, mm-hmm. but you only get, like, two. Yeah, and you have to pick them at the beginning of the month, and every quarter you can change them. Like have certain things in place. What does YouTube really compete with? Because they're not like, no I guess. Well, I was gonna say, I guess maybe Twitch, because I mean they both do like streaming and. Yeah, but honestly, I've never, I've never, I've never used Twitch, so I don't even know like what to expect. So in the live streaming space. Twitch is definitely their competitor because it's owned by Amazon and it's like one of the biggest live streaming services out there. In yeah. terms of video platforms, I would argue maybe Rumble, but I don't think a lot of people really use Rumble to justify that. I think YouTube still yeah. goes pretty unopposed. Um I would say mostly Twitch in the live streaming part. But lo- Twitch right now is kind of falling off. Like you know how many Twitch streamers have gone over to YouTube? A lot of Twitch well, streamers... happened with that? Because I've heard they have been kind of falling off. So the, the new Twitch contracts with their top creators are like 50-50 splits instead of the old like 70-30. With it, mm-hmm. when, it, when like Twitch takes like 30%, you get 70. Now it's more like 50-50 if you're like a full-blown Twitch exclusive and uh, now they're negotiating into their contracts that they can simulcast on YouTube. So they will Twitch, they will yeah. Twitch stream and YouTube stream at the same time. And they'll also be able to stream on TikTok at the same time. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just Twitch like losing a lot of viewership. YouTube is easier to access live streams on because more than most, yeah, most people already have YouTube to watch videos. Twitch is exclusively live streaming, so it makes it harder to justify having a whole app on your phone for just watching live streams. Not a lot of people have time for that. So if you're streaming on YouTube, you you could just casually watch it on YouTube if you're already on there. Or when Mm -hmm. the stream is over, the video is already on YouTube. Like, we're live on YouTube right now. Yeah. 
So I, I don't. I was thinking that I was thinking like I, I was saying about being more competitive. I almost think to like to the point where you beat your competitors. It's like that's the that's the part where you just stop giving a shit because it's like you're basically guaranteed uh, revenue. And so it's like you don't even have to offer like better services or anything like that because, you know, you've kind of beaten your competition at that point. Yeah. Dare I say monopolized. <laughs> They've gone unopposed. Vimeo, Daily Motion, all of those have kind of failed. I would say yeah. so I would actually amend what I said. I think YouTube has two major competitors that have nothing to do with the video uploading part. Um Live Daily streaming motion is weird. It is weird. Yeah. If you want an illegal TV show rip, you pretty much go to Daily yeah, Motion. Yeah, Daily Motion. It's it's like a weird mix between YouTube and like a news site. Yeah, I guess. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do there. So I would say that on the live streaming front, Twitch is definitely competing with YouTube, which is why on YouTube, you know, in recent months, we've gotten the ability to see chat logs. We now have more moderating ability with YouTube. The uh, encoding quality has gotten slightly better. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, we have YouTube memberships, super chats, all that stuff. Now I got shorts. So that's the other thing is that they're competing with TikTok and Instagram reels Mm -hmm. with shorts. So I would say YouTube shorts used to be pretty busted. Like you could upload a short and it would get like 4,000 views in a day. My most popular short is like a random shit post short that I made before I came back to making videos. I just decided to upload a video of my face with the Among Us theme. <laughs> and it, it got... Uh, That's your most popular? Yeah, it got... Uh, hey, let me look. It got 3,100 views in like a, in like a two-day spam. Great. <laughs> so... Um, now they're not as busted, but they're still pretty prevalent. I would say Instagram Reels and TikTok are definitely beating it out, though. Like Instagram Reels yeah. is where you go to watch someone get killed by a car accident. TikTok yeah. is like TikTok is kind of just default, like how you get streamlined short form content. Mm-hmm. And I would say they're the most popular. That's what I feel like. Instagram feels less streamlined. Because like I said, it's a, it's like a coin toss of whether, like each time I swipe, it's like a coin toss of whether I'm going to see like a, just like some random shit post meme or like a Gazan family getting lit on fire by bombs <laughs> or something. So it's like, I just don't, and it's like my brain can't take that. You know, like I had, that's why I said I have to keep delete, inst- I have to keep deleting Instagram because just like. Like, I can't do this, bro. Like, <laughs> One of know? the things is, uh, like, how many times I've watched a motorcyclist just get killed in a car accident. Like, people, yeah. people do speed runs of how fast it takes them to see someone die on their Instagram Reels feed. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's kind of nuts, actually, like, how often you'll see that kind of well, stuff on thing. there. Well, that's the thing. People talk about, like, oh, you know... Uh, I was watching a video uh, about like the deep web. Yeah. The other day, and it's like, oh, the deep web is so scary, and you you know you'll see this crazy stuff you won't find anywhere else. It's like all I have to do is open up Instagram for five seconds to see like the worst shit imaginable. Seriously. <laughs> you can't even. 
And it's like you can't even regulate that. Because yeah. we know all these social medias have like huge bot problems and all that stuff. So it's like, how do you even crack down on that? Exactly. You know those content moderators that like literally their job is to just comb through all the like most horrible shit on Meta and Instagram. I, and stuff. I think they all got eviscerated during COVID. Do you remember when COVID started and all the Instagram employees yeah. went home and weren't like weren't told to do any work? And so Instagram was just unmoderated for like four months. That's crazy. At the beginning of COVID, they like sent all their moderation team and their developers home, but didn't require them to actually work on the app. So there was like people dying, people just like straight up streaming themselves, like doing horrific shit. It was so unregulated. Oh, I can't. A couple of incidents like that of like crazy. Uh, live streams and stuff. Yeah. You want to know, this is kind of an aside, but I'm going to talk about like stuff that needs to get taken down. Um, I've been getting into a lot of, uh, I've always been into like lol cow stuff on the internet. Yeah. You know, but I've, I've been getting more into it. Um, do you know this dude, uh, Daniel Larson? Yeah, the homeless guy that keeps getting arrested over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, he's on YouTube. Like I guess he keeps getting banned or something, but I literally am subscribed to him. So and he's really popular on yeah. TikTok. That's like his primary platform. I knew that's where he kind of went big, but yeah, yeah. he's he's he does stuff on YouTube too. <laughs> It's kind of unreal because I think he just got arrested and he's in jail now. Yeah. I think because he missed his court date or something. But yeah, this guy's on YouTube. It's like, you know, because this guy talks about, uh, he talks about like children and, you know, ways that you shouldn't. And oh, yeah. He'll like dox people and stuff. And like, I was just scrolling by and I saw something about that. But this is other guy. Oh my god! Do you know about Cyrax? No, dude. I gotta show you a video on Cyrax. He's he's one of those people. It's uh, where uh, almost kind of like Chris Chan, where it's like some dude who already has like problems being raised by like a horrible family. He looks like an actual caveman. <laughs> because he's like unkempt and disgusting but he gets trolled a lot there's there's honestly so much lore I really can't get into it like all but I'll have to send you let me look I'll have to send you a video on this guy oh my god there's a new Cyrax content (gasps) oh no what Cyrax's incest fetish Oh God! Oh God! It's it gets worse every day. Fortunately, he doesn't have any siblings. Oh God! But no, I've been getting a lot of into that stuff. I just need like new types of content every every few weeks. <laughs> you know, yeah. Every few weeks, I get bored of YouTube, and I'm like, I need some new content to launch. I've been trying to stay away from YouTube and just social media in, in general. Yeah. I watched this video about how social media like fucks with uh, like the reward mechanism, you know, mechanism in your brain. Yeah, you're like you don't really have to do anything. 
except for just kind of move your thumb around a little bit, when, you know, to get that like uh, that mental reward. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe this is why I don't want to do anything. That dopamine hit. <laughs> like, yeah. But I pretty much just have Instagram to just check my DMs occasionally. Did you have anything else on the list? Nah, I think I'm cooked. And he's dead. (sighs) Yeah, I might be cooked too. I can only sit on this chair for so long. Well, we we feel like an old person. We've been going for two and a half hours. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that timing. What time it is over there? Because you're. It's so it must be five over there, right? No, seven. I keep forgetting if I'm ahead or behind. So it's six o'clock here. It's five o'clock where you are. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, there you go. I I noticed when you were sharing your screen, by the way, your computer is still set to Eastern time. I know. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I didn't know how to fix it. I'm like, I'll look up how to. Oh, wait. I can just right click and it says adjust time and date. So you could also go to your settings and go to. Where is it? Go to time and time. Yeah, I mean you could, but uh, uh, there's something called time and language, and then you just change your time zone. I don't know. Oh, what time zone am I in? You're in the central time zone. You're in the same. The way I'm able to remember is because you're in the same time zone as my mom. Oh, okay. So whatever time it is for her, it is for you. Oh, okay. There, just fixed it. Okay. Dane coming in clutch fixing my computer again. <laughs> so you ready to I can't uh, wait for I get more computer savvy. It's fun. I, I the only reason I like so I already knew about all the software stuff because I grew up using these yeah. things, but the, the actual hardware part, um I learned it out of necessity because I had a bunch of parts and no one to build it. And I didn't want to pay somebody to build it, so I just taught myself how to build a computer. And now I'm like super into building computers. I'm way more in depth now with like troubleshooting them. It just all came out of necessity pretty much. Yeah. I'm going to need to be there eventually, especially when I start using, uh, you know, like DAWs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When you're using DAWs, a lot of Ram is key. A lot of Ram Mm -hmm. and it being a decent speed is like, that's the, that's the key to it. And a good CPU to control all of it. Oh, no. I just gleeked on my computer. Oh, shit. (laughs) You know what gleeking gleeking is? All over the place. Oh, God. I I knew a guy who could do that. I knew a guy who could do that. Like everybody else, I think it's just an accident. But I knew a dude who could just pull out command. She She gleek on me till I gluck. (laughs) <laughs> all right well you want to sign us out for the podcast uh sure um what uh what's what's a piece of knowledge i know to uh, end the day um people already in the roundabout have the right of way so oh hell remember yeah that. and don't crash because that's bad <laughs> And then if you crash, 
you'll die and you won't be able to watch our next stream. It's actually very That's true. Right. I didn't think very about insightful. that aspect. <laughs> I just randomly thought about the time that I almost died because I didn't know uh, people in the, in the roundabout. Did <laughs> you randomly thought about that? Have you ever been in a double lane roundabout? I'd never even seen one, honestly. I didn't know those were a thing. There's one near me where you have to, like, when you get into the roundabout, you merge into the inner lane, and then when you're about to leave it, you merge into the exit lane. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. It it is a nightmare. I hate it. I'm I'm glad it's like a parking lot roundabout and not a main road roundabout because I think I would die. Yeah. Damn. Well, all right. That's the that's been Forbidden FM. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye everybody.